from Wichita, Kansas. It's Black Ooze presents with Art Brood Film. Hello, Ryan. Hi, Wade. How are you doing today? Good. I, uh, good. I don't have yeah. anything. This is earlier than we usually do it. We're doing it at 1230. So I think my ass actually allows myself to sleep in on Saturday and Sunday. So I think I'm still slightly waking up. Maybe I slept in until 730. Jesus. And holy shit. Was that sleeping in for me? I forget. I you get up so goddamn early to go to work. I could. I, I get up. I used to be me. Three thirty. God. What time do you go to Monday bed? Monday through Friday. Usually about eight thirty. God. We go to bed early, which is a total change of pace from where I used to be in my life. You know, I'd stay up all night and watch movies and play video games and sure smoke weed and all that stuff. And it's just like that's now I'm like up, reading motherfucker. A, now I'm reading a book and go to bed. Oh my god. Well, I don't read enough. Cassandra will hear this and she'll flame me. Honey, have you looked at the clock? It's already 7.45. We should be getting our books out. We're going to turn into pumpkins if we're not careful. (laughs) Uh, There's something very calming and sweet about that. So let's not fuck it up. But let's fuck it up with some horror films. Welcome to Black Goose Presents. I'm Wade Hampton. And I'm Ryan A. Johnson. From lovely Wichita, Kansas, and we're Art Brute Film. We are. This week, we're talking about, I want to say, kind of a modern throwback classic because that's kind of our favorite thing it's not become unlike, our thing lately not, not unlike uh the house of the devil we're, we're talking about uh what's his name i gotta get the director let's give him his shout out you want me to get david yeah. robert mitchell david robert mitchell's it follows hey. with the bam, amazing, bam, bam. amazing music by disaster piece which i listen to quite a bit yeah i used to listen to this album all the time i hadn't in a while i just kind of I go yeah, through things sure, where I sure, get sure. like super obsessed with something and listen to it and only it for a while. And that one stayed in my rotation for a bit, but I hadn't listened to it in a while. And so I'm watching this film and I'm just getting all these feelings of just like, oh, every time you hear the Carpenter synth, which is not the only uh, Carpenter I parallel know. in this film for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, oh my God. It was almost... It's amazing to listen to it on its own, but while watching the film, there were times when I was like, this seems way too heavy handed for this moment. You know how you like, said, like, if the oh, music, yeah, yeah. if you notice the music, it's too much? I want to see this whole film. Let me see if this works. I don't even pop that up. God damn it, I screwed it up. If this. That was the badumptis of if, you trying to make your phone if, work. If this, if this movie was about my life, it'd be called Shit Follows. you're not supposed to do you're not supposed to do the rim shot then the joke the rim shot again except the way we do it at black goose presents there you go double rim shots for everybody for some reason when you said something about i watch it or i listen to it i I thought it was the joke came into my head oh what you were saying did you say that you think that the music in this sometimes is heavy-handed yeah but yeah but it's fine I mean, it it's fine because it's so great, but yeah, it's our, just our, in, our, in our dear face. friend, our dear friend and musician Gooding, who'll never listen to this, by the way. Why do you? But anyway, I why you got to put that on him? Maybe he'll listen. I know. We know he's not. <laughs> I'm only saying this because if he does, he'll call me. But motherfucker, I listen. I heard my name. 
That's my impression <laughs> about everything he says. But he is an amazing musician and composer. And he told me years ago, years ago, I was talking about the score or whatever you call it. I think I'm going to go with score of something. I said, you know, I didn't really pay attention or even notice it. And Gooding said, well, that's the way it should be. You know, it should be, it should support the film, but it probably shouldn't beat you over the head. Excuse me. That being said, I think this is a perfect example because it did hit me over the head because being such a fan, just like you, Ryan, I hadn't listened to it in a while. So the second at the beginning when she's walking and she suddenly comes, coming out that door for the second time to go to her car and then that I went oh I was like oh I forget how much I like this score well not unlike another film I'm currently watching I I like to watch longer films like in three nights but I'm re-watching The Shining for the gazillion time because obviously it's it has to be in my top three favorite films of all time oh we will talk about that film yes but that score is one of the first ones I ever remember hearing where it's like, oh, this is insane. You know, the, just all the violins going, you know, mm-hmm. they would just beat you over the head. Well, it works perfectly. But backing up what you said earlier, yeah, I have a real problem with some music and sound cues, especially in horror, where they just kind of like, oh, here's what you're supposed to think. And it mm-hmm. kind of, it seems kind of condescending. Like, oh, we, it's not, it's scary now, guys. It's scary because you can tell because we're going, and we've made a few things. And since I'm the editor, you know, I find myself going, because I'll put a creepy sound here. (laughs) You find that you're you're like, oh, I'm doing the thing that I kind of am making a little bit of fun of. So I guess in my ramble, I do appreciate in a film where you realize I rewatched the other night uh, another masterpiece. Uh, Coen Brothers, No Country for Old Men. And have you seen that, by the oh, way? Oh, yeah. And I didn't realize this till I didn't realize it till after I'd seen it. And I was listening to an interview with Roger Deakins, who was interviewing uh, Joel. And Roger Deakins shot it. And Joel Cohen's, who, of course, co-directed with his brother, Ethan. Uh, um, Joel Cohen, right. And Joel yes. was saying, well, I've heard two stories, but Joel said this. He, she should know it's his fucking movie. He said, oh, we got into editing it. And uh, just realized, eh, this movie doesn't need music. I never dawned on me. There's no music in the entire film. And no he country said, for old men? There's not. Until the closing credits, there's a song, but there's not one note in the whole thing. No soundtrack. That checks out. And he out. said, he goes, we realized we had so much, we were, we were putting in so much wind and everything else that it was like the sound effects became the soundtrack. Like we push up the wind and then the the silence of the room. Well, anyway, there's some creepy ass eerie shit in that film, especially because of Anton Shakur, that amazing fucking uh, Javier Bardem plays as the bad guy. Oh, yeah. And But when you see it done so well, I mean, I love music as much as you and everybody else does. But when you see it done so well, you're like, well, no movies need music if they're, if they're done right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, I, I was a long ramble to say. Big thumbs up to Disaster Piece saying, let's turn it up to 11 right now. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it it immediately you're struck with that feeling of, uh, you know, this just uh, the movies from that time or from the 80s almost, which is weird because it's not really a throwback, but maybe it is. But I don't really know because they never say when this takes place. And there's I, a couple of things that lead me to believe that it's just a weird timeline that no one 
No, I don't know. I will say this. I also want to apologize to the three people that listen to this, and someday maybe we'll be more. Is hopefully before I die, um, you know, Art Brook Film will have made a feature film. <laughs> so, but I'm so much into these. Uh, I'm writing so many notes and ideas right now for a feature that I'm excited about. But there's things that you ask yourself, you know. I always go into a feature in my brain thinking this may be the only one, not from a negative standpoint. It's just that, you know, give 110%, you know, hell, if it takes you three years to shoot it or whatever it takes, go into it. But the problem with that is you find yourself uh, um, sometimes thinking, oh, well, I want to put everything in it. You know, this is mm -hmm. it, you know, because feature films, let's face it, they're not, you know, the easiest thing just to poop out every five seconds. And uh, so, at my age, it's not like I'm sitting there thinking, well, I got 20 of them ahead of me, so I'll just do all these different stories. So you want to do everything. But one of the things I find myself caught up in, and I've talked to Ryan about this before, is I've always been a big fan of uh, um, either not having it be necessarily today. I mean, have a film take place and today. And uh, Ryan said something to me that my lazy side rebelled against as we were talking about using my house and I have a decently sized house. And I was like, well, yeah, I got a big screen television. And Ryan's like, yeah, that'd be fun to go buy some old shitty television and replace it out. And of course, my first thought was, I don't fuck with that. I got enough things to deal with. You don't want to fuck with going to buy a television? Well, I just mean unplugging all my <laughs> shit and having to move it. And then you have to find it. You yeah. have to find a place to put it that it's not in the shot. And I mean, it's a whole thing. And oh, yeah. uh anyway i was watching this the reason i'm rambling all this and you realize oh they just they went with whatever the fuck they wanted oh, yeah. because they have tube televisions and all the shots absolutely they have modern cars but then a lot of times they're vintage cars you know the, every phone there's never a cell phone she has her clam device her little clam reader which is i'll just say uh, it right now cassandra called it a shell phone <laughs> that's awesome she gets that win <laughs> I laughed so hard. I was hold like, on, shell get, phone. Hold on, let me get that rim shot pulled back up on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I'll play oh, one before the joke and then after it. Yeah, just with me going, oh, hold on, don't listen to that. <laughs> Here's a good time. I'm going to interject this real quick. Um, yeah. We have heard from the Ghost in the Machine that uh, Ghost in the Machine is going to take a little break for a while because uh, of, of some previous commitments and other bullshit that, like, everybody – so uh, if you don't hear Andy and the ghost in the machine for a while, uh, that's because he just has to step away. So just that's it. Just he technically took, work. Yeah, he took a. I heard he took a bunch of um, acid uh, and oh, just went nuts right. and drove off in a car. He was like all covered in blood, and he sent me a message on the cell phone. On my shell phone, and uh, he was covered in blood, and and he was he was that gonna go was, join a biker gang, actually, an acid that, trip biker gang. That was Andy. It I didn't got look that like too, it, and I just totally. I thought it was like spam. I thought it was. Oh, that was Andy. <laughs> yeah, I get those kind of spam messages all the time that I'm covered <laughs> in blood and I'm gonna go join a biker gang would you like to please give us your social security number and i'm like no i don't want to do this or would you like to go on a cruise with us covered in blood and join a biker gang which yeah i have some inner ear stuff so i don't want to oh, okay. cruise but right otherwise that sounds great cruise ship with a biker gang covered in blood but mm -hmm. so andy's doing that okay well so he's so he won't he be around back if he comes if if and when he comes back hopefully we can hear some stories i'm hoping if he drank some of that gray sludge and he just did like he went full red and just kind of touched 
I hope he didn't like fucking drink the whole mason jar because I think I think he said he he stuck the tip of his pee pee in there. Oh, it's in his pee hole. Yeah, it's gonna be a while. That got into they, it's a it's a pretty direct way to get into your bloodstream. Actually, God dang, he put it in his pee hole. He's crazy. <laughs> He's crazy. Well, all right. Well, yeah. See what the Ghost of the Machines has an adventure. If it comes yeah. back, that's going to be fun. These are Mandy references, by the way. If, yeah. If anybody's um, wondering, and Mandy is, uh, uh, we found out the craziest part about Mandy. It's a documentary. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, it's a fantastic episode that just uh, uh, came out at when you're hearing this a couple of weeks ago. So if you haven't listened to that, get your fill of the ghost in the machine on episode 14, where we talked to Andy about Mandy. I thought it was a blast. Did you have a good time? It was I, awesome having a guest, right? I, I hated it. Oh, well, I guess that's, I guess it, we can just agree to disagree no, on kidding. that. Of course I loved it. It was great. <laughs> we, uh, it was uh, the peak of the ghost in the machine. We loved it. And it was fun. My only problem with it, and I told Andy this afterwards, and I was being serious, is three was harder than two people because I'm so used to you and I just, you know, pretty good at not walking on top of each other. But three, I just felt like I was constantly, because Andy's such a nice guy that he's the king of, oh, oh, okay, I'll just be quiet until you get done. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. bleh, 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 and then another thought, and I better say this before I forget. But no, I uh, just finished it yesterday and yeah, it's fucking fantastic. And yeah, I'm going to say something really call. horrible. And I mean this because I think it's a bad thing to say. It makes me nervous about having another guest because he's so good that you kind of go, you get spoiled. You know, you're oh, like, that guy did his research. Yeah. I mean, he made Holy shit. Ryan and I reveal our stupidity, which I was not a fan of. I was, I'd never heard of, I'd never heard of King Crimson before. Well, and I called it King Diamond, so I showed you how fucking dumb I am, which is so not the same artist. Yeah, um, he was reading into all mythology and all this man. bullshit, and I was going, that's why I said, I like it when they cut their heads off. <laughs> and so... Um, Screw that, yeah, we're moving man. on. Yeah, well, that that just brings me to the point of where I uh, had a, a, a tough time with It Follows, watching along and taking notes and figuring out what scenes to log as important scenes because this thing just kind of clips right along for yeah. a slow Carpenter style, um, you know, dreadful, suspenseful type movie. <laughs> because it, of Mandy, I totally thought of Carpenter's The Band for two seconds. I was like, Carpenter style? Oh, John Carpenter. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I should say Halloween style, went, Is that a joke? I'm not getting Carpenter style. Uh, it but, kind of um, does feel like Carpenter's music for the first like 10, 15 minutes. There's such a, there's such a uh, warmth and I mean, the opening scene I know is insane, but that there's a beauty and a art artistry to this whole film that it's just kind of, you know, there's, it's, 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 it flows. That's the best word. It's kind of, you're just like, oh, because there's not a lot of horrific scenes in it. It's mostly suspense other than, you know. The opening scene, which we can get into. Is it, sorry, I'm looking for something on my phone. Uh, so basically what I wanted to do before we got into it was when I saw this film the first time, I remember really being into it, like really into it. Obviously, anytime there's that much like synthy type stuff, uh, I mean, boy, I'm pumped. I'm pumped about it. Um, fuck, I am not going to be able to find this thing on my phone. Um but I remember just thinking that this was a really, really cool take on 
a slasher film and a possession film and like a curse film. It was just, it was so many things, but it wasn't, it didn't ever seem too overdone. It was just, it was just cool. You felt like you were there in the moment in Detroit, you know, with these kids while this movie went down and I really enjoyed it, but it's one of those things where it's not like I'm going back and rewatching it follows every year. And so when you mentioned we should maybe do it follows, I was equal parts like, fuck yeah. I remember that movie being awesome. And then the other side of me was like, oh, what if I remember that wrong? Like, is it as good as I remember? Is it, I don't know. Am I going to be into it? I felt and the same way. Was, yeah. I'm in a, uh, I, first of all, I apologize for me saying this 8 trillion times a podcast, but going through uh, coming up with concepts for a feature film idea, it's like I'm eating up a lot of uh, inspiration and watching a lot of stuff on YouTube and everything. And one of the things I kept coming across, we talked about it one of the, uh, we talked about it in uh, Ty West, The House of the Devil, is the idea of mumble gore. Mumble yes. gore. And this, remember, we Googled it during it, and then one of the top ones came up was It Follows was mumble gore. And uh, oh, um, yeah. so that came into my head because about a week ago or whenever Ryan and I were saying, what's next? Because that's always the first question. It's like, cool, we're done. What's next? Um, I was, one of the first things popped into my head is. is, well, I went to Ryan's. Ryan's got a letterboxed uh, account. I do barely use it, but it's kind of, he has a, a, maybe 30 films of stuff he'd like to talk about on Black Who's Presents. Helps me remember. It, sure. And know. I don't think It Follows was on there, but I know we had discussed it, but I thought, the reason I'm saying this is I kept thinking, well, there's movies I want to watch right now because I want to conceptually wrap my head around, mm -hmm. oh, that might be a route. Not unlike what I said of you go, oh, you literally could walk into almost any house and maybe strategically put a couple of things here and there, like a vintage lamp or da-da-da-da-da. And you might even, I was thinking about this today. There's like kids that live across the street. Like if you're doing a wide shot, you go, kids carry this big metal box in the back of this shot that has a red light on top of it and just stand there and then get out of the shot. What is it? We don't fucking know. Just <laughs> carry the goddamn thing. But it's not of this time. You know, you add enough little <laughs> yeah. stuff. People go, what the fuck's going on with those kids? I'm a big fan of that. Well, I think this film, I'm, I suspect the director was kind of like, fuck it, you know. Let's not show cell phones, but eh, let's use that modern car. But let's do and it. And it throws you off in a good way because you're kind of like, what what exactly is am I seeing and happening here? But reason I'm saying all this is when I was suggesting we do it, there was a part of me going, I think I remember this being a great film because <laughs> there could be both of us sitting here. I know we both like it. It's obvious. We could be both be going, huh? Huh? Yeah. Right. It didn't age as well as I thought, but I thought it aged amazingly well. Not yeah. unlike House of the Devil, I enjoyed the shit out of it. Everything, I love the feel of it, and it's great. Well, I realized when you had mentioned it, I go, oh, well, I remember I had built a list last January before the world ended, and it was my favorite horror films of the last decade. Can we just have a moment of silence for the world ending? Okay, we're back. Oh, I was going to do a fart noise. Um, I thought that was going to be And so, <laughs> I thought that was a trumpet. I was I, like, it was not a good fart noise. I was like, that is really nice that he's doing trumpet. He's like, oh, I was trying to do a fart noise. <laughs> like, uh, like uh, taps or something. Um, 
So yeah, it's on my list of my favorite horror films of the last decade. And so I was like, I remember it earned a spot because it it did some it felt like it did something so different. And then I watched it and I was like, well, fuck, it earned a spot merely on the cinematography alone. I mean, there's so many, so many frames in this that are just a straight up painting. Every frame of painting. That's right. And Give so him a shout um, out. Yeah, every frame of painting on Mike, what? YouTube Mike, or some shit. Mike Jalakis? Jalakis? Oh, yeah, I he don't shot know us. I just realized that. Oh, he did? Yep, he shot us. God damn. us. Kind of has that vibe. Yeah. Thing looks like super it was shot talented. on. My favorite thing in the world is these films that are shot on uh, 16 or Super 16. I don't know that it was, but House of the Devil was shot on Super 16. And I'm like, yeah, that's the look, man, that grainy old school. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Yeah. And so that goes into me saying before we get started that I have done little to no research on the making of this film or anything behind it. I Googled. I could not find barely anything, which is good. I think we should just fucking talk about it. Let's just get into it. You want to get into it? Let's go. Talk about it. Motherfucking follows. Oh, I watched it. Oh shit! Followed by it too. <laughs> what did they How about Pennywise? Uh, <laughs> I'd like to go on. Did you? Get, was it on Amazon Prime? Which one? It follows. No. Okay, you had to rent it then. Yeah, no, I had sent you a different film that we had recently talked about that you haven't seen. I noticed was on Prime, and that is another oh. one of my favorite films of the last decade, which is called Your Next. Oh, 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 good, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't, I thought, fuck. Okay. I thought you were saying, dude, I think you I, told me getting ready to watch it follows. Right? Sorry. I, I knew. Yeah. Sorry, folks. I know this is <laughs> super enthralling. Um, I thought, no, I knew it we doesn't were matter. We're moving watch. on. Yeah. I rented it on Amazon. It follows last night. And I thought while I was watching it, Ryan sent me a link saying, hey, it follows is on Amazon Prime and you don't have to rent it. And I wrote back, seriously, I just rented this fucking thing. Yeah, well, doesn't matter. yeah, you said you just rented it, and I was like, "Why is he watching your next?" Anyways, so okay, I should have probably clarified, but uh, well, it helps. But yeah, you know how closely I read it, I had You'll have I was to so in, in follows mode that yeah, I want to. I'm excited to watch that too, but I think we should watch it if we're if we watch your next a different movie. <laughs> we should be open to the fact that we're going to talk about it. You know what I mean? Then it's like, okay, I'm going to watch this. And because if I watch it and then we say, hey, we should talk about this in two months, I probably don't want to watch it again. Because then it, I like I'm watching I'm probably going to do that. Well, I don't know. Can. It's it's on my list, so it deserves to be talked about, I'm sure. I've worked yeah, pretty we'll hard on it. it up so. one of these times and then I can watch it fresh. That'll be more exciting to me. That's Fuck. what I mean. Yeah. Okay. But let's, let's talk about It Follows. Yeah, we're watching about It Follows. The opening scene. It opens, yeah. Um Wild one shot, big oneer. I did oh. see the di- the anatomy of a scene. It was the only thing I found with the director talking about that opening shot, and he said that you know they consciously put her in the clothes she put her in and the high heels. And he said everybody's like, why would she be in those high heels? He said that was kind of a throwback to old Brian De Palma and all these films where it was like women. He said it was purposely kind of talking about the absurdity of how women were kind of treated in horror. It's like why would this distressed woman be in high heels it's like girl well yeah sure i mean i don't want to call her a girl or you know oh i do want to point this out because i do this on every movie i think i'm always fascinated well i'm always fascinated like what age people are you know when they do stuff but i'm really fascinated about this obsession 
sometimes with filmmakers that have quote unquote teenagers and then you read and they're all like 35. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays you're like, well, so all these teenagers, I think the main girl was 17. I think her sister was 16. The reason I'm telling this is her friend with the glasses, you know, remember the mm -hmm. kind of, well, the one that had the shell, I think she was like 27. And I when think, they filmed this? Yes. Oh. I, I think the guys were like 24 and 25, but they're all supposed to be high school students. I mean, it works, but I always find that interesting because there is a times where it's like, this person's 17, you look and they're like, oh, they're 33 in real life. Well, and it's weird because it almost seemed like they were in college. At one point, Greg had said, like, everyone went away and you stayed or something like that. And so I was oh, I wondering if, if they sense. were – but I can't remember. I couldn't tell that classroom scene, the classic yeah. classroom scene that you yes. see in every horror film. Um, that classroom just looked weird. For some reason, I, it felt more like a like a college classroom. I assumed it was, oh, yeah. We'll see. That throws why. me off because then it really would be like, why would you cast your two mains at 16 and 17 years old for right. a film where, well, I guess freshman, you could be 18 or 19. It's not a big deal. Anyway. Uh, Micah Monroe, though, the lead, she's in The Guest, and The Guest is fucking awesome. Yeah. I couldn't agree more than it's More like, Carpenter <laughs> throwback stuff. She's yeah. in two throwback Carpenter films. Well. I think he had such an impact on everything that I know uh, a lot of stuff is going to be ripping off Carpenter. Anyway, back to the opening scene and the zeb zeb. Yeah. Yeah. One shot. It looked pretty simple. He said it was hard as fuck to do. And I'm sure with all the lighting and having everybody hit, well, there's a couple times in this show where he, they would do that turning camera shot mm -hmm. and they had to nail about four or five different people entering the shot right at the same time. And, you know, from a filmmaking standpoint, do you find yourself watching these movies and, getting distracted by going how do they shoot this scene <laughs> usually yeah i mean what i do is i go fuck they cared a lot about this scene to to go for it this much like this movie in particular i think you can see like they were they were not trying some things but they were really going for it i loved all of the big massive wide shots on yeah. this with just like an object in the middle and, you know, it's like you don't need to do that, but it but it adds so much more to the universe and to and there's so many locations and there's so many little there's little scenes in this that are kind of along the mumble core lines where it's just mm -hmm. like nothing really happens. And she's right. just in the bathroom and she kind of looks at herself or something and some synth music plays and then it's on to the next scene and then it's on to the next scene. And that's why it was hard for me to log like and what scenes were happening because it was just. I want to point out the other thing he relied on a lot, which is, I, I mean, I'm sure someone did it before him, but he made it famous is Kubrick was the king of the slow zoom. Mm -hmm. And he used, there was a lot of the, you know, exactly what you're talking about. Not a lot going on, but just slowly zooming in on something uh, with that. I love it. Yeah. So anyway. So in that or, first scene, yeah. I mean, she's, she's, ugh, it's crazy. I mean, I looked at Cassandra and I was like, they're going to have that poor girl run around in heels like sprint in those heels. And Cassandra was like, I used to be able to run in heels. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And then she hits the grass and I go, Jesus Christ, they've got her running through the grass in those heels. Like hoping she doesn't fall, like blow a shot or something. I don't know. It's that whole shot was masterfully done. The street looked like it was plucked directly out of Halloween. And yeah, it's kind of this vibe right here in my background. Yeah. 
And that yeah, girl no, is, it was, well, he said it was obviously the sun was going down. So they only had like, I think a couple of takes to do it because the lighting was perfect. And it was like, hurry, 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 hurry. Oh yeah. It's everything you want. And then of course she ends up on that damn beach and they have that wide shot forever where she's just sitting out there in the headlights. There's this kind of peaceful, creepy moment, like, okay, everything. And then next thing you know, snappy. <laughs> she's just doubled her leg is doubled over. Well, uh, here, okay, I'm just going to start off with the discussion because I ha- haven't given this any thought, so it's not a matter of me not figuring it out because I haven't thought about it till now. <laughs> We're, I mean, first of all, we've said this before, but Ryan and I go into all of these assuming you've seen the movie. So, obviously, if you haven't, go watch the damn movie and come back and listen to us because we're going to spoil everything all the time, 24-7. And it'll make it a lot more enjoyable for you, I hope. Of course. I've had my, I've heard a couple of people say, oh, I listened to that and then I went and watched it, which is fine too. If that's, if you're cool with that. Anyway, getting to the point, let's break down the basis of this movie because I think if we have this discussion, we can have this ongoing (laughs) discussion throughout it. This movie is based on the uh, 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 idea that there's a thing, we'll just say a demon because I've heard it described as that. There's something that attaches to somebody somewhere, starts somewhere, and the only way they can, uh, when the demon's attached to them, a figure of some sort will follow them until they pass this demon on to somebody else, and they can only do this through having sex with somebody. If they don't pass it on, the demon will kill them. If it gets to them. Might have sex with their son and turn him into gray skin covered in Vaseline, if I remember right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty accurate. Um, it oh, is... Here's my point. So what happened at the beginning? I think it got to her. Okay, now, okay. It got to her, obviously. Um, what I wanted you to say. So then my next thing is, because they said at one point, the guy that gives it to uh, her. What's her name? What's the main girl's name? Jay. Jay. The guy that gives it to Jay says, and if it kills you, it's going to go down the line killing everybody else. So it's going to come after me too. So where I get confused on some of this, it's like, okay, the girl's killed. So obviously whoever gave it to her is next. So how does this? Did he maybe... Did Hugh maybe sleep with that girl? And then she, and he right. didn't really explain it, and she got killed so by this thing. Him again. And then it goes back to him. I, I think that's, I think it's kind of like having someone hold your place. And if that person <laughs> dies, so you want to give them all the information so that they can survive. And if that person dies, then the sexually transmitted demon comes back to you. I don't know. I mean, technically, other than it getting so far away from you, you're never truly safe. Right. I think that's the idea. I think that's pulled directly from uh, Jason or or Michael or someone because it's like, no matter what you do, it will walk and it will get to you. It will find you. It But what I mean is there's there's never a, ah, finally, I'll never have to deal with this again because if anybody along the line fucks up, it could just keep, I now you hope Some, oh. technically if you have 10 people between you and the thing, somebody's going to be smart enough to be like, I'm going to go bang this person over here and send this off. Of course, my thing is go to the airport and bang somebody who's going to go move to China. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you going to China? Yeah. 
Want to get it on? Well, yeah, I'd love to. All right. Well, when she looked out on that water, when Jay looked out on that water and she saw some bros hanging out on a boat partying, I thought that was the moment it would click. It did for me where I said, oh. She can bang one of these dudes. Well, not just that. Maybe the key is to go across water. Well, yeah, I think that, you know, I don't know who I had this conversation with, but when I first saw it, that was our kind of, uh, maybe it was Dustin. (laughs) Again, it's always Dustin. He'll, he'll forever. But there's always that. (laughs) Well, I understand you don't want to uproot your whole life. I mean, if this really happened to me, it's like, where do I got to (laughs) move? I want to start over. But at the same time, I don't want this thing to chase me. But yeah, but you, I think, I guess what I'm saying is you have something that's walking. You know, you do the math on it and you decide to just go hang out in California, get off a plane. It's going to be a long time for someone, something to walk Mm -hmm. from Wichita to Los Angeles. And then if you could keep track of it, it's like, oh, it's close. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna go back to Wichita. And it's like, you know, you got six months of this thing going, fuck, has to turn around and start walking again. Slap an ankle bracelet on that demon or something so you can low jack it. Just hit it with a a GPS dart. Yeah, a tracking device. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I got about three months before I go back to Wichita. I got a demon coming after me. I'd be afraid I'd I'd be afraid I'd be all the way out there and be out there long enough that I would forget that I had a demon pursuing me. And then it would just wander up on me in a cafe. That's what happened on. I think that's what the beach scene was. They were kind of all calmed down and. She's out swimming, and finally the girl comes walking around the corner. And you're like, oh, shit, that goddamn demon made it. <laughs> and I do love that no one else can see the demon. That makes it even more fucked up because mm-hmm. they have to rely on her and them believing it and not feeling like, yeah, right, let's go hang out at the lake because Jay's sees a demon. One of the little bits of um, reading I did about this film was an article, an interview with Tarantino in Vulture. And um, he was basically saying, like, I didn't see any movies in 2015 because I was making a movie, um, but I, I've now been able to see a, f- a couple of them. And he kind of gave some shout outs. And one of them was It Follows. Right. And he said, I was just blown away. This movie is so good that I was almost upset that it wasn't perfect because I feel like there were a few missteps there that kept it from being perfect and he went on to say that he didn't stick to his mythology very well like if you're gonna yeah if you're gonna build rules and you're gonna build a mythology about um you know what is this demon how do you get away from it how do you pass it along and all of these things how do you survive uh he basically said like when they're at the movies and hugh looks up and says uh do you know that girl in the yellow in the yellow dress that that she's standing right over there and I think he said she's standing, or maybe I'm just adding that. But my point is, is that he seemed like at the point he knew what to look for in these demons. So the fact that they used it for us as an audience to show that he's seeing something that isn't there and he's freaked out, I get that. But there are multiple times where they kind of either go back on their mythology or they just don't honor it. And well, let me no- say this. I want to interrupt because I want to. Yeah, ask. yeah, no, for sure. I want to ask on this. I thought that too a little, but then it seemed like a couple of times, like at the beach when she was being followed, it would switch. You know, people real quick, like they come around a bush mm-hmm. and they'd be a whole nother person. So, yeah. for me, 
I, I, I took it because, you know, when they go sit in his backyard and he, that girl's just walking mm-hmm. by and he goes, do you see that girl? And they're like, yeah. And he goes, OK, good. <laughs> so I don't know that yeah. other than someone walking towards them um, that he did break the mythology. You know, he's finally in a place where he thinks, OK, I'm not, nothing's going to come get me in here. And he just randomly picks somebody and she says, I don't see it. And he goes, oh, fuck. But no one's. Is anybody ever just standing there? Oh, the guy on top of the the naked guy on the roof. But otherwise, everything right. else yeah. is following. I mean, everything's walking. Let so. me just pull it up so I don't butcher this because he made a few good points. Um, so he said he, David Robert Mitchell, could have kept his mythology straight. He broke his mythology left, right, and center. We see how the bad guys are. They're never casual. They're never just hanging around. They've always got that one look, and they always just progressively move toward you. Yet, in the movie theater, the guy thinks he sees the woman in the yellow dress, and the girl goes, what woman? Then he realizes that it's the follower. So he doesn't realize it's the follower upon just looking at her. She's just standing in the doorway of the theater, smiling at him, and he doesn't immediately notice her. You would think that he, of anybody, would know how to spot these things as soon as possible. We spotted them among the extras. The movie keeps on doing things like that, not holding on to the rules that it sets up. Like, okay... Oh, sorry. You want me to do my Tarantino? Like, okay, you can't shoot the bad guys in the head, all right? But that just works for 10 seconds, okay? Well, that doesn't make any fucking sense. What's up with that, okay? And and then all of a sudden, the things are aggressive, and they're picking up appliances and throwing them at people, okay? Like, right? Like, now they're strategizing? That's never been a part of it before, okay? I don't buy that the thing is getting clever when they lower him into the pool. They're not clever. Sorry, that was my Tarantino. <laughs> well, he says, he's okay, right. and I'll write a lot. That, that scene did throw me off. I was like... Actually, oh. it completely threw me off because I was like, weren't they going to electrocute this thing? And then there's one more. But yes, right. you're right. Were they going to electrocute this thing? Like, it knows, and they did say, I will say, they did say earlier in the film that they're smart. Don't go into okay. a room with a, or a house or a place with only one exit. Right. They're smart. Right. So that, for me, sets up the idea that it's smart enough to not go into the pool to get electrocuted, but I don't think you can kill them. It's a whole thing. I don't know. But then it starts walking around and throwing appliances at her, which is really strange. I don't know. Yeah, to be honest, I wasn't a big fan of that because it was like, you're just trying to hit her in the head. <laughs> it was pretty, it was hard to watch. I was like, oh, God, you got hit with that iron. Um, yeah. But then he says, also, there's this gorgeously handsome, geeky boy. And everyone's supposed to be ignoring that he's gorgeous because that's what you do in movies. That kid obviously has no problem having sex with her and putting the thing on his trail. He's completely down with that idea. So wouldn't it have been a good idea for her to fuck that guy before she went into the pool? So then at least two people could see the thing. It's not like she'd have been tricking him into it. It's what I would have done. And I think that's a good point, too, is, you know, that both people, you know, that anyone that is attached to that thing can see it because earlier in the film, Hugh goes, can you see her? And she goes, yes. And you realize that everyone in that line can still see these followers. It's just only going to go after the most recent one, I guess, until it's dead and then work its way down the line. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, confusing. We've, we've mentioned this a thousand times too. Exactly that. It's like, you know, you got to be careful. I mean, some of the ideas I'm coming up with our feature, that's what's probably kind of handcuffed me is, you know, God, can't you just have a damn. It's <laughs> great about having a film that's just like a serial killer. It's just a human person. You know, if you're going to do a horror film, because the rules are, I mean, I'm not saying, oh, it's suddenly easy, but the rules are 
the same rules as anybody has to follow. But when you start getting into some of our crazy ideas of things from outer space and Mm -hmm. this black ooze causes people to do this, you know, your brain goes, yeah, but you just said the, 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 now don't get me wrong back to being a David Lynch fan. I do think I just saw, I just watched David Lynch's masterclass again because it's the greatest thing ever. And the only complaint I have is that it's too short. But he always talks about the birth of uh, Bob. I know you're having, I don't think you've seen Twin Peaks, but I have not. The main, 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 main evil bad guy is Bob, who's kind of a almost also kind of a demon entity. Well, the birth of that happened on the TV show and they hadn't written it that way. It was just Frank Silva was a uh, kind of a set decorator and they were getting a uh, scene ready. And, uh, um, God, I don't, this is terrible that I don't remember if it, which it, if it was in the series or if it was Fire Walk with me. No, it had to be in the series. It was definitely in the series. But he just happened to uh, see him in the room kind of crouching around. And he was like, God, he has a cool look. And he said, you don't happen to act, do you? And he was like, uh, yeah. And he goes, well, I just want to do the shot where I just pan around the room and you just kind of creep behind the bed and just be creepy. It'd be like Greg, who's good at doing his kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was like, what's that for? He goes, I have no idea, but I just want to, I just want to have it. And then they were shooting later. They had a shot of uh, Laura Palmer's mom and she like wakes up from this thing and she screams and the cinematographer goes, oh, we have to do it again. He said, Frank was in the mirror. You can barely see him, but he's in the mirror. And of course, David Lynch is like, perfect. So that was the birth of this Bob character that keeps showing up because it was just like, God, we got to do something with this. So it was never written into it. He said, as an artist, this is what David Lynch is saying. You got to be open to these kind of oddities and then maybe you explain it later or maybe you don't. But obviously a movie like this, it's a pretty simple rule is this thing we're talking about is who can get it? How do you get rid of it? And, you know, how do you deal with it? And there were some times where, you know, I mean, you could make fun of it. It's like, I'm just going to go Kansas City. I mean, it takes somebody, I don't know, 21 days to walk to Kansas City. Right. And then about 18 days, I'm going to drive back to Wichita. <laughs> this poor thing's going to have to go, fuck, turn around turn and go around. walk. Again. Just, <laughs> just pass it on the highway. highway. Yeah. And it, How come? It's like, yeah, fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well, and I don't, and I don't want to be that guy. I, I will, I will say that first and foremost before I pick this thing apart. I don't want to be that guy that's beholden to, oh, you broke the rules, you know, and all that sort of stuff. I do like how this film kind of just sets up like a pretty simple premise. It's just like you said. It's basically it's like a sexually transmitted demon. It will follow you until it kills you. Don't let it touch you. You'll be fine. Just be cool. Keep your wits about you. Here's some tips on how to stay alive. And, um, you know, kids being kids, they decide to fight back. Um, I joked. I was like, oh, my God, this is like another uh, Home Alone style trap the monster thing. We just did this. And Cassandra was like, on what? I was like, Nightmare on Elm Street. I was like, she's like, how are we going to beat this thing? Let's let's uh in this one let's throw a bunch of uh plugged in appliances into a pool to electrocute it i don't, I don't well the thing i like it. i'm gonna go turn my heat down real quick um one thing i really like about that scene it made me think first of all how long has this thing been around and how many other people have tried to trick it right it has to be yeah. probably hundreds or thousands of people going i know what we're gonna do and none of them are working Hold on. <laughs> none of them are working <laughs> uh so i guess we've established 
the basic premise for this curse, this demon curse that uh, that you can put onto. Do you you feel confident that that we maybe got to the bottom of that? I think and we, we pick that apart we, as we go. I think we solved it as well as we're going to solve it. <laughs> well, it makes me think of. Did you see his uh, his film after this one? It's called Under the Silver Lake. God, you know, and I I remember thinking Andrew it was Garfield. very interesting, but I wasn't blown away by it. Yeah, it was kind of one of those things where I, it was like, this is beautiful. Sure. I want to eat this whole thing up. It was interesting. It was kind of noiry. I love Riley Keough. I think that was who was in it. Um, uh, and Andrew Garfield was great. There were so many things I, I loved about it, but I do remember going, yeah, it was good. Yeah, I just I felt wasn't like blown away, um, but it felt a lot like this. After watching this, I remember going, "I feel like I left under the Silver Lake with more questions than I went into it with," and that um, that it maybe leaves a lot up to your own interpretation, or I don't know. Like the the end, we'll get to, but sure. Oh yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, so anyways, uh, so next scene, uh, first of many pools in this film. I don't know what pools have to do with everything. I do have a, a little bit of a hunch. Uh, I feel like a majority of this film, even though these kids are older, is kind of like maybe it's about the loss of innocence or... You know, maybe that's the whole sexual nature of the film. I don't know. But a lot of this seems like kids, like kids, kids being kids. They're like hanging in the swimming pool or when they're sitting in a circle in the grass outside of Hugh's house. Um, It just looked like kids chilling in the grass. At one point, they're sitting on the front porch playing cards on like an old milk crate. Yeah, which is playing like one of the May things I think that was alluded to that um I guess what I'm trying to say is didn't make it it didn't uh firmly put it in any time or place, you know, that they would just be mm-hmm. playing cards. I mean no one's on no right. one's playing video games or no one's on their iPad or you know, it's like they're sitting around. So yeah, I think that it's not unlike everything we seem to be watching where everything's kind of all feeling like it's taking place in the eighties kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now where there's a simplicity to this. It's funny that so many people are yearning to have these characters and these stories take place in simpler times where there's not a thousand electronic devices. One of the things I did read that was pointed out that every movie they watch is like from the fifties. Mm-hmm. They never watch anything. Black and white. Not black and white. And they don't seem to be, thinking twice about it not like they're not laughing it was stupid because you know it's a guy with these big fake eyeballs and everything but anyway <laughs> back to what you're saying yeah i think yeah i think at its core that obviously loss of innocence i mean you are talking about sex and uh the power of sex and obviously i think more importantly consensual sex mm-hmm. which is you know an important thing that's said in this because she does give consent because the doc or not the doctor the cop asks yeah. Did you consent? And you said yes, but obviously she didn't consent to having it follow. So she didn't give consent to that, which I'm sure is probably an important statement of uh, um, what does consent entail? You know? Right. You don't get to just say yes and they go, and you get all this extra stuff too. Wee! 
You so, said we were bang, so now we're going to do some weird stuff you did We're going to weird stuff. And, oh, yeah, and by yeah. the way, you gotta have to run from this fucking thing that's going to try to kill you for the rest of your life. Have fun. But, um, yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think a lot of these movies probably deal with the loss of innocence. But this one definitely has a beauty about – well, it's funny because – they do a pretty good job of having these kids ultimately like each other. You know, there's not a lot of yeah. bullies and, you know, it's not the dynamics of, you know, school and you got the jock and all that. But mm-hmm. I did laugh that at one point they kind of still play on the same trope. I think you said that uh, Quentin Tarantino talks about it. It's like they're always attractive, you know. Gilchrist is a good looking kid. Well, every, well, and it's like <laughs> uh, um, talking about Billy Driver. Uh, no, that's Greg. Uh, Kirill <laughs> Crest is the the friend from way back in the day, the basically brother. Oh, the um, nerdy kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, the nerdy, awesome. good looking kid. Yeah, but the funny thing is, well, and that's a perfect example. I'm going on a tangent, but crack me up. The two sisters, where it's somebody says she's so pretty, and the sister who's is pretty, if not prettier, says, "I know." <sighs> and I'm like, "You're all, every one of you is attractive." You know, it's like I'm not buying into any of this dynamic, but. <laughs> yeah. That's I, I digress, but yeah, and yes, I, think, I saw yeah. Billy Driver in that guy too. I should have mentioned that just a second ago. Yes, the first thing I thought was Billy Driver. Yeah, I was like, hey, when Billy I saw Driver. the guy across but the street. I think that, yeah, pools, you know, it's funny because I do like the idea that sometimes directors might go, that's not look cool, right? Well, and you could see that later on. Like, I was going to mention it later, but I'm just going to do it now. There's a scene where she is standing in the pool and it, the camera's underwater. And you mm-hmm. can't see above her shoulders or her neck, but then you see the reflection of that part of her body above her. So she looks like this weird, like double person that's joined at the head, but there's no head. It's just neck to neck and shoulders to shoulders. It's it's really cool looking, right. really cool looking. But you're right. I think with pools and stuff, I think it's probably and our second school pool scene, I think. In Black Ooze history. Oh, third, right. Yeah. Yeah. Third, We're talking technically. About third. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I thought about that too at the end. I was like, here's another pool scene. But yeah, I feel like they, um, oh, and they have sleepovers. And he even mentions like, we haven't been to the pool since, I don't know, we were like 14. And and it's, it's just all about like, uh, and it would be more about the loss of innocence if she were a virgin and this happened, like on her first time. But I like how they didn't do that. Like she's had sex before with guys and stuff and it's fine and it's it's been okay. This right. guy just happened to not be who he said he was. Well, I and, think it is important that, yeah, it was the fact that she had sex with this guy was never questioned. Right. But, but then like, I think, maybe you shouldn't be a slut. No, they didn't say that. It was like right. she's allowed to have her sexuality and all this. And they ultimately believe mm-hmm. her pretty quick, you know, so it's yeah. not a lot of – this movie had been made a long time ago it would have been well this is what happens when you're you know a whore these terrible <laughs> things are happening jason will kill you you know it's like it's it's a yeah i agree. I do think that there's a level of this uh that is about uh believing survivors and sure. um and and that that kind of whole thing where you know, they're not exactly ready to accept the fact that what happened, they come to accept it pretty quickly because there's clearly something weird going on. But most most of them, especially in the beginning, are like, he's Hugh is full of shit. He didn't infect you with the demon. You don't have anything well, yeah, following yeah. you. And, and 
and so it's like you talk about believe survivors absolutely but i think in the case of this uh film it's hard to believe someone who comes up out of the blue with mm -hmm. this story it's like greg said well he's clearly fucking with you because mm -hmm. most people are going to go oh that sounds awful let's deal with this immediately yeah your yeah. jerk reaction would be like uh, say that one more time <laughs> it's like yeah there was a woman and she was naked and she's gonna kill me if she touches me it's like whoa 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 whoa. well he's nuts and that's his friend who's nuts you know you know mm -hmm. oh no no but i can only see her because we just had sex it's like you would yeah i think you would think okay is this anxiety something's going on so yeah but they do come around to it pretty quick and there is a point when they're at the uh beach where uh, uh um what's his name i can't remember anybody's name hits him with the chair hits it oh paul yeah paul and he says like i hit something and people are kind of because they're still kind of and going. it hit me yeah well yeah. it pulls her hair up and everything but that whole scene when they're in the uh, uh whatever it is lake house or whatever that shed they're in and you know greg's pissed off they broke his fucking door <laughs> and all this stuff <laughs> he's so great there's all <laughs> kinds of things that was when well, we're getting ahead of ourselves but yeah it's it's a trip of a movie and but there's there's a, a there's a loving nature to anybody that would be going through that would feel alone for the love of god you want to think your friends have your back and say one i believe you and two i'm here for you yeah so, yeah absolutely and i well, do like think when that she, when she passes it on to greg they're kind of like she's still up in the room and it's like well it doesn't the trauma doesn't go away you know right well and even then he's like oh thought it would make her feel better but I haven't seen anything, so maybe she is just crazy. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's kind of like, kinda... uh, well, I it's kind of like, well, I know the guy, and he's always seemed super nice. I don't see how he could be a rapist or something. You know, I don't know. I, I just, I do feel like there's a lot of this is kind of about because it would have been what 2015. I mean, would that have been like the height of like Me Too and and stuff like that, it, or was but... it before? I don't know. Yeah. Time is only a concept these days. Um, I can't remember. But either way, I thought that that was kind of an interesting kind of subtext that I felt was I, I like to put a lot of my own uh, thoughts and feelings about what these movies are about <laughs> to make, <laughs> well, to, to make this sound like a heady conversation. Uh, well, I think but, you're hitting the nail on the head. I think that's exactly what the film is about. It's also, about those consent. kids. Sorry. Also, those kids are always looking at her. And I get it. Kids are being kids and they're peeping on her, but they're going to great lengths to peep on her. And I feel like like it kind of and when they mention how pretty she is and all these sort of things, it kind of makes it seem like, um, you know, women as an object, you know, women as these objects. I don't know. There was a lot of. There was a lot of stuff there that I feel like maybe it was just kind of hiding under the surface and maybe he wasn't trying to make some grandiose statement about, but wanted to touch on like women are, it's, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, I know what you're saying. I think, well, I think when he talks about the opening scene with the high hills being reminiscent of kind of, I mean, I'm putting words in his mouth, but how women were kind of treated in horror films is, you know, mm -hmm. these get your high heels on and be in your bra and panties and run and scream. I think the whole film is probably a little bit about how women are perceived in horror in society, obviously, but he's making a horror film. But everybody's kind of this uh, 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 the center of attention and all eyes are on them. And it's all about sexuality and it's all 
you know. Everybody wants to fuck her. Right. Which yeah. is great when you got a demon curse because it's like you got no. You shit on easy. But whether it's the young kids in the neighborhood or Greg across the street or who she'd banged before who still wants her or Paul who's pined after her probably all of his life, even though he's practically a brother or right. maybe not all of his life, but since he got old enough to, you know, probably care about girls and stuff. But, um, and then, you know, but then the other side of it is you're right. He doesn't demonize it. He says, cool, she's old enough. She's of you know consenting age and she's she's it's fine even in the beginning like the i don't know everyone seems cool and like uh has has uh these viewpoints about sexuality and stuff that are fine like you said they're talking to the cops like was it consensual okay yeah it was consensual and it's fine this is what she does and she's she's a growing woman you know she's gonna have sex well, the thing I found interesting about that scene, the more I thought about it, was I was like, oh, yeah, it was consensual, good. And then I thought, yeah, okay, yeah, this got real weird real quick. And she has to tell this story to the cops. I mean, obviously, she, she was tied up. This is a problem. <laughs> this problem. is where cops should be involved. But the second Drugs you say, up. but then when you start telling the truth of what you're told, you know, last thing you want to do is tell the cops. I was, this naked woman walked towards me that, personifies this possible thing i don't know what it is that will kill me if it touches me and they go huh well psyche valve come on in yeah why wouldn't they say that so right it sounds crazy well i think you came you hit the nail on the head believe women you know this it's this this speaks volumes of when do you and when don't you Mm -hmm. and in this case i think anybody with rational brain is going to go wow He's fucking with you. This doesn't even exist. You're I've never heard of this thing you're talking about before. See, and I think that speaks to um kind of the absurdity of not the absurdity of not believing someone, but when someone says this happened to me and you go, "Did it though? Are you just making this up for attention? Are you just, you know, and then yeah, when do you when do you believe people, which I I think it's pretty apparent like all the time yes like it's (laughs) probably the way you should go i think you should probably just believe people until you shouldn't but um but that's another conversation for another time i had brought up the whole marilyn manson thing with cassandra when we were talking about this because i was like oh yeah i mean you know this is many 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 years later and she came out and said like he was abusive and he groomed me and and he did all these things and he was awful and you know most people myself being a huge fan huge fan don't want to believe it but also see it as being possible because of the person that i believe marilyn manson has probably been over the years but then all of a sudden everyone else comes out not in support of her but against him so i guess in support of her but they're not just saying i believe what she says they're saying no i've seen him he's a fucking asshole he well is, then you have you people know, saying and, oh he's give us tours of his house and he refers to one room as the rape room and, you know, and it's just, you know, it's, you yeah. never really know, um, but you got to believe people and let, well, you know, let the facts fall where they do. Not to go on that tangent, but the thing with him and especially is people who they're like, they live by a persona, you know, mm-hmm. like some of these yeah. extreme, I mean, come on, Marilyn Manson, for God's sakes, part of what people were drawn to him is that he's crazy and dark and oh, and his music. But, you know, you always want to kind of think some of that's an act and then when something comes out everybody goes 
uh, have you not been paying attention? <laughs> it's like he's been announcing this forever. Yeah. I don't know. You, th- we'll go. On, we'll talk about this, and then we'll get back to the film. Yeah, there's a, a documentary about the Cecil Hotel on uh, Netflix right mm-hmm. now, where this woman disappears, and there's a point in it. Uh, spoiler, but I'll just say it. There's everybody. All the web sleuths are trying to find out what happened to this girl. So everybody's just devouring the web, trying to figure any clues of what might happen to this girl because she was big on like Tumblr and stuff and had this diary and everything. Reason I'm telling it is somehow somebody figured out that there was this like death metal guy named Morbid. He's from Mexico. That it also. I mean, he looked you know the typical black and white makeup mm-hmm. and you know all that. But he had stayed in the hotel, so everybody's convinced that he murdered her. So, of course, I mean, he just, right? just Look ruins his life. I mean, they just ruin this guy's life. I mean, he just basically can't leave his house and doesn't record anymore because everybody on the Internet's like, lock him up. He should be murdered if I ever see him. He's going to be killed, blah, blah, blah. Well, they finally, by the end of the documentary, go talk to this morbid, who obviously has a real name. He's Mexican. He's from Mexico. And he says, you know, how he was like, Jesus, first of all, you know, this is a persona Two. I stayed in the hotel a year before she did. <laughs> I had never heard of this woman until people were telling me I had killed her. And then when she uh, was actually there and disappeared, I was in Mexico recording an album. I have proof of all this. And they showed it, you know, the rental in the studio. Oh my God. But the internet just decided that it was true because of who he was and that, you know, lock him up and that's the mm-hmm. end of the story. Yeah. Well, in his case, I'm not saying that. He's the most, the nicest, most perfect guy in the world. I don't obviously know anything about it, but in his case, I think he was gone. It's a persona. Jesus, calm down. But in Marilyn Manson's case, I felt like people were like, yeah, he's been pretty open about being pretty shitty. Yeah. Because it was him, you always go, oh, Marilyn Manson, he's outrageous. And then when people kind of go, uh, this goes beyond being outrageous. This is assault and abuse. And then suddenly everybody else, obviously, you know, I'll tell you how it works, start to go, uh, yeah, I got some pretty fucked up stories too. And suddenly mm-hmm. people feel safe. And it's like Cosby. I mean, that people knew yeah. that for decades until the right people came forward. And then like 40 other women were like, okay, you know, I have one, they didn't want to be crucified themselves to come out with this or two, some people, I mean, this is going on a real tangent, but in the black community, I think people were like, that were black were like, I don't want to take down Bill Cosby. He's Bill Cosby, you know, he's, everybody perceives him as this great guy. I don't want to actually have to be the one to go, well, actually, I think he drugged and raped me. And they go, how dare you? This is Bill Cosby. Yeah. See, like that. It's like, it sounds preposterous. Right. And it's like, but you kind of like, you, you want to believe people, you know, I mean, and the, the things that people have been through, well, I mean, there's all this stuff about Joss Whedon and everything. It's, I mean, it's, it's easy in the, in the age of the internet for all this stuff to come out and for people to band together and cancel your ass. Um, did Fuck you, Josh Whedon. <laughs> did you notice at the movies in the next scene, uh, it, everything in this is made to look kind of old timey Yeah, as well. There's an organ at the movie theater. Yeah. What was that about? I think it's, well, well, I think it's back to what we were saying about the uh, TV. You know, everything's 50s. So back then, when <laughs> yeah. they'd go, well, it's like older than the 50s, but they'd show black and white movies and the organists would accompany it, you know, because they were silent. Mm-hmm. So they don't, I didn't look to see what the movie was. It was on the uh, marquee, but I think there was obviously on purpose that people don't question it. 
you know, they're not going to see Lethal Weapon. I don't know what the hell movie would it be. You know, they're just going to see something that an organist would accompany it and everybody's just fine with it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great that that's just his approach to everything. I think it's a good approach is we're going to double down on these things, but we're never going to explain it because why should we? And why does does our movie have to take place in the same timeline as everybody else's? Maybe not. I don't know. We're not making any more. I mean, I'm assuming it's not going to, it follows more. It's not going to come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like this one movie gets to be contained in this one world and just like the uh, uh, shell phone, this thing exists. <laughs> this thing exists, and yeah, let it be. Yeah, I know it's weird. That's like that one thing that just says, just in case you were thinking that this was 1980, right? It's actually not. There's yeah, one like digital looking device. Well, not to mention, I know we've already been over this, but you know, pretty quickly, you it. see a very modern car, and you go, oh. Oh, okay. You know, that kind of throws you off like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, the first car she gets in at the beginning is new, you know, so. Oh, is it? Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean. I just remember up. seeing cars like Hughes and and the one from the poster and like. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And stuff. No, the first one she gets in is probably, you know, I mean, I don't know, but it's like a 2015. It's just a, like a like Toyota a Camry. Yeah, it's just exactly. It's just <laughs> a straight ahead boring. Thing. But I like that they just switch it up and no one thinks twice about it. And then Greg's got the old station wagon and which he's cleaning, which makes it seem like it's a new and he's trying to keep it nice. Like, fuck, that thing's from the goddamn 70s. It looks like probably 80s, but anyway. It's a shagged wagon. But he's we've already been of- over the uh, 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 movie date with Hugh. I think that that was a good little creepy uh, setup to how all this thing mm-hmm. works because it's just kind of a nice thing. But then when he finally gets the chill that uh, she can't see the yellow girl and wants to get the fuck out of there, you realize how this thing literally haunts you well yeah possibly forever because like Mm -hmm. we talked if the people ahead of you don't do their job right this thing can start coming back down the line what a creepy concept you're like surely this thing has gotten farther and far away enough from me and then maybe you hear on the news that the person you gave it to is killed and you go oh shit yeah um i think i think there is a level of uh Oh, what was it? It was your actions will follow you like uh, like your and it's weird that it's related to sex because, again, it's like kind of with everything being so kind of sexually related, I feel like it puts a weird spin on everything. But but for this, it's like I've always thought of like a curse or something like that, especially something in the, like this nature that literally follows you everywhere you go, no matter how far you go, this thing is still there. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like your your actions have consequences, and and you know one mistake can haunt you for the rest of your life. I guess I don't know. It's, oh, I think that's uh, that's ex- exactly the way I took it, yeah. especially with that scene at the movie. Is that he's being able to relax and have a good time and suddenly kind of forget about it. Yeah. And something from the past, you know, he goes, Oh shit. And she says, what did you see? Or was that someone from your past or something? And you're like, I'm not, yeah, saying, cause- <laughs> I'm not saying I'm free of anything ever, but you know, you kind of like, thank God my life's, you know, you don't sit there. And I mean, actually, th- and it's not to any traumatic 
extent that I say this, but, you know, living in Wichita my whole life, as you mostly have too, it's like, you know, it's easy to walk into a room and go, oh, this jerk. <laughs> you know, it's like somebody just like, you know, that you just don't even want to be around or especially hey, he's going to come up to you and you're kind of, so even just on that level, there's kind of like that, oh, God, the, I was having a good time. And then this person had to, and back to what we're kind of, if you want to go full circle, I mean, with people being accused of things and probably rightfully so, I mean, it's been happening a lot more in this town as it should be. And there's a handful of people that, you know, now, especially over five, 10 years ago, if I see him like, dude, I want to be around you. I know you. I, I don't yeah. want to be anywhere near you. Where before it would have been like cordial. Hey, hey. now it's just like, stay away from me. Just yeah. stay on that side. So Yeah. You're a fucking piece of, you're shit. A piece of shit. Right. Go away. Fuck off. But yeah, one of the perks of the pandemic. <laughs> you, don't you, go anywhere. you don't have to bump into anybody. <laughs> Moving oh, on. It's beautiful. So the girls walk and chat in the neighborhood. Oh, this is yeah. where they're talking about the date and everything. And she's still, they haven't had sex at this point because she says, I know he wants to, but mm -hmm. you know, and I'll say one thing about her date with this dude, Hugh, you know, there's a, I'm not trying to pat any on buddy on the back when I say it, but what a burden he's got too. Cause yeah. it's not like, it's like with an STD, you might say, well, I have this thing, but with his, it's like, I have this thing that we're having sex with you. Your creature's going to follow you for the rest of your life. And they're like, uh, what? <laughs> so everybody's mostly forced to kind of go, oh, let's tag your it. Now let me explain how this game works. It's kind of an intro. It's a fun from a viewer standpoint to be like, oh, the fuck would I deal with this? How, you know, yeah, which well, is it's great. like if you got AIDS, but if you gave it to someone else, you didn't have AIDS anymore until they died of AIDS. And then you magically have AIDS again. And then it's like, well, and I then don't the, know. The beauty of this film is that, you know, you have people that care about her that say, well, give it to me. I mean, Fucking obviously Paul. what's Fucking funny, both or, what's funny about her, Paul and Greg is let's face it. There's a part of them. There's like, this will be a reason. So I can hook up with her. No, I'll take the burden. <laughs> I mean, I'll take the burden. I mean, I wrote, Paul. Paul's really like, I'd be willing to take the burden of this. It's like, I wrote, sex. I wrote, Paul will take that bullet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think he will give it a shot. Was worried about dying. I think they're like, yeah, I'm going to get it on. Yeah, good. I mean, I'm here for you. I'll, like when he, it's so funny how every time he tried to do something nice, they'd be like, yeah, no. Especially Stop the sisters. Like, creep. Paul, calm down. No, no, no. I just, I, I just want to help you. Uh-huh. Shut up, Paul. <laughs> Um, I love that neighborhood, that whole neighborhood. I think I mentioned before that it had a real Halloween vibe to it, but um, but it also has kind of a Nightmare on Elm Street feel. I think even the address, their address is like 1490 something. And it, at first I was like, is that the same address as, as uh, 1428 Elm Street? It isn't, uh, but it's close. It's 14 something or other. Uh, probably did that. On, they probably did that on purpose. I think they did a lot of this on purpose. I mean, you're going to be annoyed at me because this is going to be a pain. But can we stop recording and then start? And I'll, you can, I'll log back in. I'm going to, let's back at it. Back at it. Let's get into the horror of this damn film. Uh, yeah. So um, I guess the next scene really is Jay and her boyfriend uh, alone in the car doing it. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful wide shot that just, pushes in that whole time it's just gorgeous and um just 
doing it in the back of the car. My only uh, gripe, excuse me, it's such a stupid one, but it always bothers me when they overly light the inside of cars. Yeah. Well, this one really like blatantly had like, uh, you know, the dome light on. And I was like, that's the last thing you would have if you're out in the middle of nowhere is you want it dark. Yeah. So I was kind of like, and this one's like really bright. And it is beautiful looking, but it's distracting because it's like, no, you're trying to hide. That's the whole point of parking. It's not going, hey, let's, let's, I mean, because it looked like they just, oh, let's crack the door and turn the dome light on. It's like, no, no, you wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. But it's such a great scene. It goes without saying because it's kind of a beautiful scene that should be between two consensual people. And then it's like, oh, <laughs> going to have to just drug oh. you here and tie you to a chair and well, explain yeah. the rules to you. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, she's like laying in the back like you would on like a picnic blanket or something, playing with the lo- like the grass and the the like the weeds and the flowers coming out of the concrete, which could not be more. I feel like of a of a Detroit thing. It's just right. there's so much concrete and decrepit buildings in this film that it's it's so firmly cemented in Detroit. But um, but yeah, she's just kind of lightly tapping him, and she's just talking, and she's she's kind of soaking up the moment and everything, and and he just drugs her with uh, fucking I don't know chloroform or something like I don't, it's terrifying. Man, he's just so casual about it. Like here, I'm crawl on top of you, and she's oh, this is sweet. Up oh, here we go. All right. Well, it's kind of into that. How many times has he had to do this? <sighs> Somebody did it to him, probably told him the rules after he did it, you know, mm-hmm. so he's gotten it too. And you're exactly right. I mean, that goes, I don't want to keep talking about this because it's like, oh, let's have three hours of us just talking about STDs. But it is a metaphor for, well, somebody gave it to me. You know, I remember talking mm-hmm. to my doctor years ago. I've somehow managed to never have an STD and I hope I at 53 <laughs> remains but um i remember my doctor telling me and he's a, n- a nice guy but he basically is like i wouldn't believe anybody they told me they wouldn't or they don't and i was like why he said well because my job i see it all day long and i'm shocked how many people just are so cavalier about that mentality it's like well, somebody gave it to me to them it's uh-huh. just kind of the well, this is this is how it works you know it's not mm-hmm. unlike COVID. it's like well herd mentality just everybody just get it and we move on with our lives and it's like well, all right you could try not to give it to people and it's like ah you expect you know. me to go to the bar and not try to fuck yeah i was like so i'm sure <laughs> not gonna wear a condom or protect anybody <laughs> so anyway Gross. not to like i said not to keep going over that but it's such a great scene because she, well, she's tied up not to a chair she's tied up to a wheelchair and I yes, that point of view from locked onto the chair where when she shows up, he's like, okay, let's haul ass. And he's want to see, can you see her? Yes. And they, uh, it's yeah. That scene. So, uh, she just wakes up. She's vulnerable. She's in a, like her, like undergarments. Uh, it's, it's just so goddamn creepy. And they're in like that. Uh, fucking um, like parking garage, yeah, or something. She's tied up to a chair. Ugh. He starts to grab the back of the chair at one point, and you notice the camera kind of vibrates a little bit. Yeah, and I went and I went, oh, that's right. And when he started to move her, and it was attached to the front of that wheelchair, I just said, this is fucking awesome. I'm just loving this. Like 
dissecting these films and looking at just a, something so simple being so cool and different and effective. I just, I just think that they really shot the fuck out of this movie. And there were so many cool choices that may have been a little hard to pull off, but when it pulls off, it's just cool looking. And well, something the best shot in that is when he hauls ass away from it. And you mm-hmm. see that it behind him walking and he's going doo, 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 and it's just like, it's a great scene because it's, it's such a weird thing to talk about because it's such a horrible thing he's doing, but at the same time, he's trying to be nice about it. It's kind of like, sorry, yeah. I hate to tell you this, but okay. this is just the fucking bullshit we're in right now. And okay. And he's so kind of calm almost like, okay. And you can see her good. Okay. This is what you need to do. It's not a big deal. Just pass it on. And, you know, and it's kind of like, just, it's not a big deal. I mean, if you think about it, if you had consensual all the way down the line, again, someone could say, oh, if it was one of her friends, they could be like, well, I'm moving to China. Mm -hmm. Just Let's have sex. All right. We have sex. Okay. I'm getting on this airport. And then essentially I would think, unless it can walk under the ocean for a year and a half (laughs) or onto a boat, you're probably, it's probably done. I'm just saying, if everybody's on board with it, it should end at some point or at least be in a, in limbo. Like I said, you know, I live in Russia now. I don't know. The thing's still probably in Michigan somewhere walking around. It's just standing at the beach, at the yeah. ocean, uh, yeah. and just like looking out. And if it does just walk, well, and the other thing, other people can't see it. So you ask, you, you can get into, does it move quicker than people think? Can it attach? Right. Can it jump, you know, because there were times in it where it would walk, they would run around a corner and it would seem like it would be like on their tail again. And you're like, okay, again, it's open to interpretation. Obviously right. you're like, how is this thing? Is it jumping? I don't know. I know I we figure if it's a this demon. A thousand, no, I was just going to say, you could say this a thousand times, but like we said, if you just move across the ocean, isn't it done? It's like, well, technically. I did think of that. This would happen. It would go through a satellite. You're like, yeah, brother. Yeah, boy, <laughs> satellites are involved. Um, the uh, yeah. Oh, so that was where I originally wrote down my joke of a, an STD, a sexually transmitted demon. What uh, never go into, and he says, never go into a place with only one exit. They're smart. Just don't do that and even when i thought every time i thought she was going into a place with no other exit there'd be another fucking exit like, like that, that little shed. shack or the shed yeah and then even in her bedroom she has like this weird like sliding glass door that maybe goes out to like a back like she's upstairs so a balcony or something yeah, there really was weird. a couple of times where she'd run i'm like oh she's running into oh that's a door she has another door <laughs> oh, oh she has so many doors <laughs> Uh, That's what they should have called that movie. So many doors. Oh, man. It would have sold so many tickets. People love doors. I love the doors. (laughs) (laughs) There was not one Jim Morrison in that film. There's only one door. It's not so many doors. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Uh, she gets. So then this was one of the more horrifying images in the whole movie was the very next scene, Hugh or Jeff, or we'll we'll get to that later. Uh, Hugh pulls up in the front, and they're playing cards. They're playing like old maid on the front porch, and 
he pulls up and they're like, is, is everything okay? And then he just doesn't say shit. He's like, gets out. He's like, broken <laughs> ass off in the middle of the street. Just sticks her right in the middle of the street. Hops back in and just peels out. And then to reveal her laying there in like a nighty or something like, like basically, I like I don't want to call it her underwear, but you know, like not her regular clothes and just vulnerable. And just like this pile of poor girl in the street. That's just like, Jesus Christ. Unsettling, man. Well, and again, it's good to me. It's good writing because if he had like walked her up to the people on the porch, they'd probably call the cops. And because this oh, point, yeah. they don't really know his name or where how to get to him. So he's going, "All right, good luck." I mean, at least he brought her home. Well, he brought her home, and the other <laughs> thing that's fucked up about it because we've already been over this is he's trying to explain it to her because if she gets killed, he's next. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to say, oh, it's really important that you just pass this on and keep passing it on. <laughs> but I will say the one, this probably goes back to Tarantino's thing that, you know, people, you would think that he would say, go another town or make sure you find somebody that's going somewhere. Don't just bang some dude in your block over because, you know, you got to keep it moving. You got to keep, you got to, this has to get far enough away from it. He does say mm-hmm. something like, if you got to get out, or I don't know. I'm going to shut up. That's, that, that, that's the one thing about this movie. He kept saying, mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, my brain its breaking my brain. Yeah. So you get some shots of the cops kind of looking around. They're doing the, they're, they're talking to her. And then you get some shots of them looking at the crime scene, find her purse and, and the wheelchair. And, and then um, the moms are talking. There's a lot of like little scenes in between here that I didn't really take many notes on, but the moms are talking, uh, which is weird because you don't see a lot of parents in this no. at all. Uh, Cassandra made that point. She's like, you haven't seen the parents. And I was like, oh, she's a drunk. And they also say she works really early, but. Later I had on, to look up because I totally missed at the end the thing that's throwing the appliances at her is mm-hmm. her dead dad. I know. She's like, I, I don't want to say. What does it look I like? I don't want to say. But I didn't get it. I mean, I just was like, oh, who's that dude? So I literally had to look it up. Yeah, because I don't think they had shown it beforehand, right? They showed the photo finally, but still they that was so after. subtle that I thought it was kind of a missed opportunity because she kept saying, I don't want to say. I don't want to say. So when they showed it, I was like, ah, who's that? <laughs> it was like, <laughs> well, this doesn't make any sense to me. I think it'd be funny if it was like Pee Wee Herman. Oh my god, that would be so it was something great like if they watched just... on television or something. You uh-huh. know, that would have been like you said, yes. if it was Freddie or something that because they're watching the movie. It's like I don't want to say, yeah. I don't want to say. It would have been funny if it mimicked something and you go, Oh my god, it's blah blah blah. But it was just that dude. I was like, I don't know who that fucking guy is. What did I miss? <laughs> so I literally paused it and went to I think Wikipedia's plot saying they said, and then the blonde, which turned out to be her father who passed away. And I was like, how did I miss? I don't remember if they ever talking about her father passing away. I find it strange that they're like, it could look like no one, you know, or someone, you know, it doesn't really matter either way. And it's going to try to get close to you. Know. It's important that, you know, this thing that follows you sometimes might be someone, you know, but a lot of times it's going to be somebody with its titty out or its one, dick out. just one. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, they like to get naked. Just so you know. Is that because they're not held? Okay. So did they do that because it's much creepier to have a naked man standing oh, on the sure, roof sure, of the sure, house sure, when you sure, drive sure, away sure. than a than a clothed man? 
Well, it, that's the thing that throws me off about this is, is like, is this thing jumping around? I mean, I'm just going to make this up on the spot because I've given it zero thought, but like the naked guy is on a roof. Is that a neighbor that got <laughs> infected or, you know, taken over for a second and he was just getting out of the shower or is it like this thing just changes into just random people that it's killed in the past or it just changes into random things? I don't know. Yeah, there was... It was I, I, you know, we've been over this. I'm a fan of, you know, making things open to interpretation. But in this mm-hmm. case, I was like, well, I'm confused. Why are half these people naked? Right. Why are these half these people old? Why are these half? Why is, how did he get on the roof? Because you don't, I guess the answer toilet. is it's unsettling. I, I, I think that's weird. I think, you know, all it was was this because was disturbing. It I mean, it you could argue that this thing, whatever it is, is, you know, has obviously powers and is ghost-like so it can kind of show up but Mm -hmm. i think tarantino kind of hit on it's like it's terrifying to think that this thing's unrelentingly always walking right well suddenly when it's like hey i'm gonna throw these this toaster at you and this iron at you they'll throw a brick through the window i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna be your dad and well then it would change well it's like remember that one shot where the She's like at the door and it's the, uh, it's her friends. And Mm -hmm. then suddenly the door and it's this tall, creepy guy, which was terrifying. But it's like when she gets to the, uh, the beach, it's two or three different things. Mm -hmm. It turns into the little kid that wants to crawl through the hole. And then it's a girl again. And you kind of go, why is it doing all this? Well, because here's my thing. If it's going to take on the image of someone close to you. It would, I would assume that would be in order to get close to you, close enough to touch you. So if this demon thing is going to impersonate her, uh, like Yara, like it does on the beach, the girl with the glasses, um, maybe it shouldn't look like a terrifying version of Yara where her teeth are all messed up and she's like, or maybe if it's going to look like the neighbor kid. Why does he look so gross and creepy when he tries to crawl through the hole in the in the shack that they're standing in? Like, I get it. Like, if it's gonna do be her dad, and she's gonna go, it's gonna confuse her with all of these feelings she has, and maybe she won't think straight or something. I just feel like if this is some sort of a like a like you said, I mean, they never I think explicitly say this, but I just consider it demonic. Um. I feel like it would be smarter than that and it would use some of these things to its advantage. If it's going to impersonate Greg's mom to get close to Greg, it's not going to have a titty hanging out. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, well, why wouldn't it just be his mom? So he goes, mom. Does it care that well, it has? Like, is it bound by these things that us humans care about? Like clothing and modesty and and not walking around in the middle of the daylight butt naked down your your suburb streets does a demon just not is it not beholden to those things i don't know it's weird <laughs> i just like that you're going you know what this is weird this, this film did, this film has some weird things going on it's this like, film's kind of weird oh my god guys this is weird okay uh, we get that beautiful shot of jay in the bathroom and she's kind of like looking at herself in the mirror and she's kind of looks down her underwear and and she's even kind of like i don't know if i trust you like 
Well, it's I think it's, it's, a, it's a natural reaction. Sweet. It's like what exactly know. is happening? Is something going to happen to me? It's it's it plays on a lot of fears. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And is so I think the next. Sorry. Good. I was just yeah, going to jump into the classic yep. classroom scene. Mm-hmm. Which I think at this point, there's we've talked about this before. There's certain things you're like you gotta have to. <laughs> you you can't. You do. You, and you know, I tried to listen to what the teacher was saying because it's too. always the it's always the <laughs> wink, wink, wink. And you can tell that these directors are saying we gotta have the classroom scene with a teacher. And at this point, it's almost like here, yay! You know, when you're a viewer, mm-hmm. especially when it feels like a throwback film, you're like, oh, good, we get the classroom scene. Yeah, she and better look out the that, side. Just like Laurie Strode, they're sitting way in the back corner, looking out the window, and you're like seeing the thing and classic carpenter's music classic carpenter's music yeah she does say um the one thing i wrote down says i am lazarus i have come from the dead and it's, oh that's right because i don't remember what she was reading but um but yeah and, and then you know you look outside you see a naked person see now i'm just believing that she did did she like michael myers like if she looks outside and she sees michael myers did she look outside and see the demon yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. I just couldn't remember. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because she keeps hauling ass towards her and she ends up out in the hallway and. Right. Yeah. And it keeps right. coming, which is a great scene because she's acting all freaky and the girls in the hallway are kind of like, what's her problem? Anyway, oh, yeah. You don't see the creepy old lady. Oh, that's right. It was the old lady. Nightgown. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was probably my favorite of all those. It, the it's was that because it was just so slow and just, and she's kind of like, okay, that's just a whoa, that woman, whoa. And it did stand out. What was great about that is it's one of the first times she's realizing, okay, no one on that campus is going, what's up with this old lady? Can <laughs> yeah. somebody help her? It's like, it's they can't see her. Yeah, she's like a, like a she doesn't make a big deal of it. She's just like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. She doesn't say like, I gotta go. Or can I get a hall pass? She just leaves and the teacher kind of goes, whoa, okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. So she goes to see Kelly and Paul at the ice cream shop. Right. Yeah. And um, that's another thing. They're like standing around eating ice cream with like sprinkles on it and shit. It just seemed very uh, like like kids would do. Oh, right, right, right. I mean, I love ice cream. 50s or 60s going to Mm -hmm. soda jerk, go to the soda fountain and getting there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Nighttime Um, in Jay's house. Is this where is this the scene where he's saying I'll stay over? uh, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. they open that scene with a lot of amazing like night shots around the house. And there's this one of that really still pool in her backyard with like the moonlight on it. And it was just like, it was breathtaking. Uh, But then you go inside and you realize that, uh, yeah, yeah. They're just hanging out. Paul offers to stay and um, he's just, he's just a little sweetheart. I'll just say it. Paul's a little sweetheart. Yeah, he I think he's a her. very believable. Yeah, he obviously loves her and wants to be there, but he can't just be the manly man he wants to be because everybody's kind of goofing on him and not taking him serious. So he has mm-hmm. to, I mean, he genuinely does want to spend the night and help her, but obviously he wants to be close to her. And, you know, it's, that it's kid a was way in, of, go Sorry, ahead. go ahead. You can finish no, I was just going to say that I think that uh, it was believable that it's like he wants to just say, I just want to, I, 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 why can't we just be I, I be your boyfriend but everybody's kind of like buzz off ding dong so he's sincerely saying i'll stay there and do these things but at the same time you know he's doing it because he wants to come off as i'll be there 
yeah, I'm I a think man he's... that'll be there for you. So it's a little self-serving, but at the same time, he cares for her and wants to help her. And I'm sure at this point, there's still a little bit of that, well, this is easy. I get to hang out at her mm-hmm. house all night because this thing doesn't actually exist. And then when the window breaks, I think he's kind of like, oh, shit. Okay, what's going on? Okay, okay. Now I have and, to be a badass. Uh, it's like, okay. And he's still kind of go, well, whoever it was, which is, and again, there is a lot of, uh, where are the parents? There's a lot yeah. of, where are the parents? I wrote, mom's got a drinking problem because I think they pan by her bedroom or something at one point, And uh, you see like a bunch of bottles of wine or something on her nightstand or, or dresser. Yeah. And you go, oh, okay. I guess maybe she's had a rough time since the death of their father. Who knows when that happened? I can't remember how old she was in the picture with him, but um, I don't know. You know, it's really great. Uh, Paul Keir Gilchrist, the actor, uh, was in a, uh, a pretty uh, great movie called It's Kind of a Funny Story, where he's hmm. in like a, he gets put in like a mental institution. And it's also got Zach Galifianakis in it. It's pretty good. Oh, I think I've seen that. Yeah, I remember seeing it. I've seen him in a lot of stuff. He was in a TV show. He's in a Netflix show called Atypical. Yes, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's the teenage son, of course. Right. But he's awesome. Look at him. Oh, he's great. He's beautiful. Big star. Big star. Yeah, big star. Um, And so uh, they've got a beautiful living room. And uh, then we get to, yeah, so the brick comes through the window and they're all kind of freaking out. And then um, I'm trying to put this scene back together. Like I said, all these scenes kind of ran together for me in, in, since last night of watching it. Oh, I uh, feel the same way. That's why I'm kind of going, oh, yeah, what was next? I wrote half-naked pee demon because <laughs> it's gross, like, lady demon was walking towards her and like pissing the whole time i guess for like further shock value i don't really know why it's almost like they take on these human forms but like you said they're kind of indifferent of how the human forms are (laughs) okay if they're peeing i don't care if they're kind of dressed or not dressed i mean to them it's like we're just embodying a figure it's irrelevant if their hair's made up or if they're dressed you know they don't even Mm -hmm. think about it it's just they're Literally just taking on a figure so they can kind of feed on them. It's wild. This um, whole movie's weird. So uh, Jay sees that and she's running all over the house and she plays scared. Yeah. Unbelievably well. I mean, she's yeah. just shaking and crying and weeping. I mean, that just had to be a tough movie to make for her because she's just so freaked out at some of these moments in the film that it's that's awesome so then when she gets in the bedroom and she kind of chills out a little bit a little bit and they're like banging on the door like let me in let me in and they open it and then that big motherfucker comes walking down the hallway you're just like jesus christ and that's why i don't want to like talk too much shit on this film for because it was uh genuinely scary at moments like that was just and I keep using this word, and I think it's the best word to describe. It's just unsettling. It's unnerving. Yeah. Yes, it's unnerving. Uh, yeah. It's uh, there's a plenty of points. Well, the best films. I mean, it goes without saying, but the the best films are ones where you're like, what would I do if I was in this damn situation? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Which you know, I'm I'm excited to get to the ending. I'm just gonna go to the ending. We can jump back. Yeah. We've been dying to talk about it. You know, because there's 
I take it is that he doesn't have he chickens out or I shouldn't say chickens out, but he does not have sex with any, with any of those prostitutes. He just kind of goes back and says, it'll be fine because that last shot to me is there's somebody walking behind him. And to me, it ends with it following that Paul. I said, I said, God damn it. I forgot how that ended because it just ends. It just stops and it just goes, it follows. And you just go, what the fuck? But you don't. And so I had to think about it. The prostitute. Okay, so let's say he did. I feel like if someone is going to walk up to another person naked and maybe get close enough to touch them, it'd probably be, probably be a prostitute. I see what you're saying. So maybe he, maybe he, he did do it, it off and, and it still they killed got him. killed and then they, there's time at the end to come after Paul. Yeah, that's even better. But I think it probably makes a little bit more sense for his character that he didn't and that he kind of chickened yeah. out. Uh, or couldn't do is. it or maybe he just loves her so much the idea of even sleeping with someone to pass along this sex curse is not something he wants to do i mean it does show him drive past them so i know that's but just it looked them like that's leaving exactly it up to it. interpretation that's how the way i took it is he drove past them <laughs> you know it's like he kind of goes like i think that's the and clue. i hate to i hate to be just a shitty dude but it was like they're pretty skanky looking you know he's probably hey. like uh, i don't know if i want to arrest this i don't want to get on i don't want to disparage uh the uh detroit sex workers but <laughs> i mean judging by where he was in that town it looked that i i'd say maybe accurate i don't know yeah well i'm sure he's thinking <laughs> okay i get rid of one thing and i pick up a few more yeah i'm gonna just skip i'm sure it'll be because to me i took it as that i don't know like Let's just enjoy the next 24 hours with my girlfriend and see how this goes. You know, it's like he's so happy that he actually gets to be technically the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And I like that it ended with uh, it following because, like you said, you could take it either way. Like, oh, shit, prostitute's dead. It's back on you, dude. Or him kind of still being in denial, like, it'll be fine. Life's good now, right? And it's like, uh, you forgot about that thing behind you. Yeah, which, if you think about it, is is extra bad idea because if he didn't do it and he's just leaving the curse on him shit how does that work if he sleeps with her again do you pass it back and forth how does that work i would think you wouldn't it almost seems like you have to pass <laughs> she's already it got it kind of well okay. i mean it's like i mean according to their chain it has to be you have to keep passing it on to someone new it's like a chain letter it is a chain letter. If you break the <gasps> chain letter, it's exactly what it is. I should, you know, in the eighties or nineties, it would have been called chain letter, chain letter, and the and the, the, and the, the main like, song. <laughs> yeah, and the main song is uh, "Break the Chain" by Fleetwood Mac. Oh my God! Or "Breaking the Chain" by fucking Dokken. <laughs> we are breaking the chain. If that, if those two things right there don't tell you enough about who we are as people, <laughs> I come in with Fleetwood. Uh, and he says Dockin. Oh God! It all uh, goes back to Dockin. It all goes back to Dockin. Uh, so Jay. Uh, uh, oh yeah, sorry. Um, the ending. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we could circle back around to it, but I think. I think you're probably more uh, correct. I think for his character, 
I don't think he's going to go sleep with those prostitutes. I think he's just going to take his chances and uh, and keep an eye out for these these devils that be haunting him. I don't know. It's no, a, I don't yeah, know open to interpretation. So, uh, rewinding back to uh, Jay sees that big ass dude and she bails, bails out of the house, hops on the bike and scoots the fuck out of there. Greg sees her. He's hanging with his girl and he sees her and he decides to go see what's up. Jay she's rides freaked out at first because she doesn't know it's Greg. And she's like, do you see him? Of course, another, like, like, what's Greg? <laughs> right it's clearly greg and he's not walking like that's my problem is they don't and maybe oh, it's better that they don't do that why would greg be walking real slow just to fake us out right, the right, viewers right. He just comes up hey guys what's yeah, going he's on just walking but um not like harry's like let me go get my car let's go my drunk ass mom too won't know i'm gone everybody's just like my parents won't notice let's just go spend the night somewhere out in the middle of freaking nowhere that's so where they go gets, to Detroit to try to find. Oh, that's where they try to find Hugh's house, which they do. And yeah. it's a it's a it's a squatter's house. Yeah, yeah. The mom mentioned that at one point earlier when they were talking. She mentioned like he even got a house in the city to pretend he was someone else and stuff. And it's a yeah, it's fucking wild, man. Um, I like how in the park Greg says, "What did he really do to you?" And that was when I originally wrote down, like, you know, believe survivors of abuse. And, uh, yeah, he just, like, it's weird. I guess they set it up, but you expect him to be, like, the cool guy across the street. And he seems to really care about her. I know they mentioned they slept together. It was no big deal in high school. But Greg seems like a pretty stand-up guy, I think. But I also can't tell. Maybe that's the thing. No, I think he Are is. Are the guys to be trusted in this he, I He seems like it. I mean, I never, he always seemed like he was trying to, his best to mm-hmm. be on the right side of things. Uh, so they, they drive through Detroit and it looks fucking awesome. And um, they make it to Hugh's place. I guess they don't make it to, well, yeah, sorry. That's the squatter's house you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I like all his improvised noisemakers hanging around at the windows. Oh, and all right. That sort of yeah, stuff. That, was, that was a nice touch. All the cans and. God, it's terrifying. Yeah, it's so simple. I'm so going to bet that just in case I hear these cans. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. It's come. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I also love how you had a bunch of unlabeled pill bottles. Yeah. In the medicine cabinet. And then. I- there was a part of me that wanted one of those people just to go, I'm going to eat one of these. <laughs> yeah. like That's such ooh. a thing. You know, a yeah. lot of young people have these pill parties you hear about where they just go, let's just try some stuff. And one of them go, what? Anyway. I stuck, a Xanax. I stuck a Xanax up my butthole. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Let's just try it. <laughs> but they didn't. But moving on. Uh, and then the windows are all covered with like, I don't know, comics or something. And it looked really cool. I thought yeah. that that was a really cool shot. And uh, they figure out what high school he went to. And they go to high school to find out more. And that's where they have another one of those uh, spinning camera shots in the hallway. That's uh, I like them. Those are good shots. So cool. I don't even know. It's funny because they hold on that woman at the very end of that shot after they leave the uh, um, office who's Mm -hmm. helping them identify. And they hold on her just long enough. I'm like, what's going to happen? 
Okay. And nothing happens. I go, okay. <laughs> it was like on purpose to freak me out because I thought she was gonna. It's just you know what I mean. It seemed like something was gonna happen there that didn't. I was like, I'm so confused. Okay, I think I, I think what's so appealing with a shot like that, especially in a horror movie, is it's like okay, not only are you establishing the area around these people and where they are, but you're also giving the audience enough time to just be turning slowly, looking at a wall. And then it's you see windows, and then oh shit, there's someone walking across the courtyard. Is that one of those things? Oh fuck, right. we're still turning. I can't tell now. I'm not looking okay. at her anymore. And then you're you're kind of like start holding your breath because you're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Like you can't turn and look at this thing. You can't turn and look at them. You can't do anything. You're just stuck in this pattern of just slowly turning. And they get the information. They walk out, and you go, oh, okay. Well, that was it. But it's great because you it's are looking awesome. at every nook and cranny and every window going, oh, 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 what am I seeing? What am I supposed to see? Wait it's, for it. That's, that's the old switcheroo. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they finally get to Hugh's house. I like, it's a great because when the mom's kind of like, yeah, you want to come on in? She has that reaction like, uh, okay. Like, mm-hmm. holy shit, we're here. This is normal. This house is nice. The fuck is going on? And Your friends want to come in? You guys yeah. want some lemonade? Yeah, you know, it's, it like, seems okay. so like, okay. And he, of course, kids. again, he has to hide all this from his real family of what's actually going on. I think he's a great character because he's the one that's freaked out in the backyard going, hey, do you see that person? He's great. And you realize uh, he's just as, you know, somewhat victimized as anybody else in this thing. In this special case that it's like, uh, this does the, uh, uh, forget your normal life. We're all fucked right now. So. Oh, shit. The same year he was in, or the year before, he was in a little movie called Zombievers. Of Jake, course, Zombievers. I was all ready for you to say something. I go, oh, my God. I was like, what's that? Zombievers? <laughs> I feel like we've talked about Zombievers before. Um, he's, uh, yeah, Jake Weary played Hugh, or Jeff, as we later find out is his actual name. and uh, And he's awesome. He's so good in this. He's, he has a real, he kind of reminds me of the uh, jock or something from an 80s film, you mm-hmm. know. He's got that face. Yeah, he, has, uh, he looks like he should be the quarterback type of thing. But yeah, they were pretty good at playing on some of the stereotypes with, but anyway, that's beside the point. Yeah, that's a great scene when they're all chilling. I like when she's putting the uh, grass blades on her leg. Mm-hmm. Well, that cracks me up every time they show her face. It's windy as fuck out. And I, saw, I thought le- that same thing. Her leg, and I'm like, I don't know that as windy as that day is. Those little blades of grass are going to sit there, but that's neither here nor there. But it, 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 it was great that when you're going through something that's stressful or traumatic, you can focus on something so small. Mm-hmm. that seems kind of takes you out of it. It's like, I'm just going to focus on this beautiful grass on my leg. And everybody's like, hey. hey. We have this horrible thing going on and just like, I'm just going to keep playing with this grass. Well, it reminds me of the scene right before she gets drugged out after uh, her post-coital laying in the back of the car, fiddling with, oh, the, she's playing with, with the, the, the weeds and the plants yeah. scene. Yeah, it's um, it just kind of felt like that. It felt so innocent. And you know what it is? Grounded. She likes nature and nature is fighting back. <gasps> Speaking of nature fighting back, when they're driving out to Greg's cabin, um, boy, it looked like Evil Dead. It was awesome. Just the driving oh, right. down those roads yeah. on their way to the cabin. It was 
It's so cool looking. I love it. I want. I'm sure they probably tried to find the a cabin. Cabin. <laughs> They're like, oh, I guess we'll just stick with this house. <laughs> it would have been a little obvious if they came around. It was an old beat up cabin. People go, oh, it still would have been great. Come on. I mean, I guess I call great. it a cabin, but I think he calls it. Maybe he doesn't. It's kind of. It's like, like their lake, lake house. There you go. Yeah. Same thing. I grew up going there to hunt twice a year and. Oh, that's where he teaches her to shoot, or at least tries to teach her to shoot. It's funny because it's such a minor thing, but now we're so spoiled by it. But when she's shooting that gun, you're, that's obviously just post, you know, the little bang mm-hmm. they put in with all the little fake thing. And it kind of reads that way just a little, which is such a nitpick. But by today's, you're like, can't she just shoot a gun? But I was blank. wondering, I was looking at it and I, was, I felt like she was actually shooting the gun, but I also didn't think too much about it. But my first, my initial thought was, I wonder if she's shooting a real gun or if they're adding that in post. I mean, I, it's no, neither here nor there, but yeah, I think they did it in post. But um, I love how they're, they're all kind of hanging out out there on the beach and uh, it keeps cutting to Paul. And he's sitting in one of those old, beautiful, old school, like fabric, like beach chairs mm-hmm. uh, with like the things that go side to side and up and down and they're all colorful. And he's sitting there and it would cut to him. And with him sitting that way and with the water behind him, I don't know why. All I could think of was Quint from Jaws, oh, like sitting yeah. out on the beach when they show him. It's a little different because Paul is turned kind of sideways, but it had that look to it that I was like, I feel like that's a Jaws. Mm, I was just going to say with a film like this, I wouldn't be shocked about everything. Everybody's like, this is the Quint scene. That's a great scene because you do start to feel like they can breathe for a Mm -hmm. second. One girl's in the water and Ty should come swimming. And you're like, oh God, it's nice for them to have a, oh, here here it comes. Uh, I love that. Just walking up. Of course, of course, at her back. And Every of course, time. I mean, what's she going to tell people? I mean, other than let's put up trip wires. You know what I mean? Why didn't they put up trip wires? I didn't think about that. Well, I think all around her, you would say, <laughs> let's get some string and put some cans. We know about this now. We've seen it in the house. She does I'm do sure that later, a, I think. I'm sure there's still part people probably going, you're fine. We're so far away. Mm-hmm. Again, it kind of yeah. comes down to how far did they drive? This thing already found them. Walks pretty yeah, fast. Right. Because driving an hour to a lake house is a little different than walking that distance. Well, even an hour or two walking would be, shit, be most of a day. But then I don't know. To me, it's like, I mean, you can, it's splitting hairs, but maybe they spend the night and then you go, oh, I could see logistically this thing being there. But it's a movie. It's a movie. Speaking of splitting hairs, if the thing touches your hair, does it not count? Does it have to physically touch your body to kill you? Because well, it grabs I think her I, by I'm the assuming hair. it has to like really get a hold of you. Oh, so yeah. this thing came up. Yeah, I kind of felt that way. Like it came up and just said, I had pre hair for a little I mean, bit. I guess it was supposed to be that it was reaching out and then she's moving. It kind of grabs her hair and she goes, ah! but it did oh. a little bit like, uh, something's playing with your hair. I did love that. Like, it's just standing straight up, like it's something about Mary or something. Yeah, and, and there's like the other. It's floating, but it's just a hairbrush. It's just brushing her hair. Like, oh, something <laughs> brushing your hair. Something brushing your hair. I'm gonna but hit yeah. it with this chair, which is a great idea. I mean, that's great that it's like, holy shit, I just hit something with this fucking chair. And then of course it goes, it hurts his side, which they never talk about again. Poor you know, Paul. where he pulls his shirt up. He never oh, does yeah. point out that it fucking got him, which is no like, one, 
Doesn't that affect you? Isn't this thing? I guess it can't affect you. I don't know. They never addressed that ever again. Right. He's just I kept like, waiting no. for Paul to get like sick or something. Oh, kind of like yeah. A zombie a bite question. or scratch, but because they made such a kind of secretive thing because he never brings it up again. I thought, oh, that's going to play in later. And when it didn't, I just went, okay. <laughs> no, like, I think fine. it just shows that it shows that Paul is willing to fight for her and save well, and her. That, and, and I think it was 100%, even though he doesn't bring it up. I don't know why he didn't pull up his shirt and say, ah, it did this to me. That would have been pretty obvious. But to I feel me, like at one point he might have said, like, it, I hit it and it hit me. Well, he says, I hit something with a chair. And that's, I think that's all he says. Cause I wanted, that's when I thought, well, show him your side. Mm-hmm. It's pretty obvious. But anyway, that's when I thought, oh, it's the zombie bite. You know, he's hiding it. Mm-hmm. But then when they never addressed it again, I went, all right, well, they're teenagers. You know, not that adults can't be this way, but there's probably a lot of stuff of, I don't know if I want to say this. They'll make fun of me. They won't believe me, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's a lot of that. I think that's going a lot, a bigger uh, uh, discussion. It's probably, there's probably a, a bigger reason why so many horror films are around teenagers because, you know, you're dealing with a point in your life where everything's so new and wonderful and insane mm-hmm. and crazy and upsetting and hormones and then creatures and monsters and all this. You know, you don't see a lot of horror films with, you know, people in their 60s all being attacked because they just be like, I'm tired. <laughs> I don't got time for this. Yeah. You know, teenagers full of energy. Let's go. Woo! Old people are just like, fine. Yeah. Thank you. Maybe. Take me out. Jesus. Name one older person that would be like, yeah, I'll sleep with you and contract the sex demon because I like you. No, they would be like, I ain't doing that shit. <laughs> Oh God. Well, oh, so if, if I, I've had, there's days where you, I could see where you'd be like, okay, if I, so, so if I do this, what does it do? It'll kill you. Hey, fine. I'll take my chances. <laughs> I'm too, no, but you have to I, pass it on or it could just I kill mean, me. Or well, I could just I, leave my then front be door done. open. That's fine. That sounds fine. That sounds fine. I had a good run. Yeah. That's why old people don't get attacked because they're like, yeah, good. That'd be a good horror film. Everybody's going, knock yourself out, dude. And it's going, hey, isn't any fun? You're supposed to be scared. Ugh, seen worse. Uh, so that whole beach scene is terrifying. And they run to the uh, uh, shed or whatever yes. it is. And that's where it amps up a lot. Oh, she's like firing that gun. And, and shoots Greg her is friend like in the runs leg. Up. Yeah, shoots her friend in the leg. I like he's is, like, stop shooting. <laughs> or no, wait, it's she gets shot later, I think, um, at the pool. Oh, that's right, uh, right, right. But yeah, 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 she's yeah. first firing right in Greg's Poor direction. Greg. Yeah, he's hiding Greg behind sees a her, chair. Yeah, Greg sees her shooting at nothing, and he's just kind of like, will you stop fucking firing that damn gun right at me? Yeah, we've established you can't shoot for shit. Right, you so, can't have no cereal boxes from eight feet away. So uh yeah, but then yeah, but then they end up shoot, in that shack. Shoot, oh. Shoots it in the head or whatever. That's a great shot when that girl falls to the ground and just gets right back up and you go, oh, okay, guns don't work. Didn't think they would, but Jesus. I don't think anything works. No, that's what right? that's why it follows. It's gonna it's keep relentless. going no matter what. It's like I've said a billion times on this podcast, one of the scariest things was in paranormal activity when she says, well, we're going to leave this house. And she says, it doesn't matter wherever you go. It's attached to you. Like, oh, just that. Yeah. Writing is like gross because in most horror films, it's like, well, leave the fucking house. Mm-hmm. Just go exactly. away. There's your, it's all. But in, it, when it's saying, no, it'll just keep following you. I think maybe if one of the rules in this film 
I'm just making this up, but it's like, there's some kind of thing that, you know, it's always going to be within a few miles of you, no matter where you go, unless you pass it, it just always is within your vicinity. I've known people, and they could even say, I've heard of people who freaking went to, you know, Europe and, you know, wake up and it's, it's following. That's creepier to me because then it's like, fuck, I got to pass this thing on. You know, right. it's like, you've got, I mean, you just have no choice, but when people are like, why don't you just get far enough away? <laughs> what does it get on cars? No, I think it walks. Well, fuck, move to Texas. I'm just, just saying. Move to Texas. The weather's beautiful. Oh, God. Um, the, that was serious sarcasm. And I apologize to the fine people of Texas that are going oh, through the worst freeze ever. Uh, so I don't want to sound insensitive. Uh, the thing that I took away from this whole scene, not only is it fucking terrifying, please touch on anything you want to touch on that happens before this. But when she gets in Greg's car and she drives away and you see that shot like through the back window that like locked, it's like locked down to the car. And you just see that shot as she peels the fuck out of there. And they're like running after her to get her attention and everything. She's I just said, right. I said, God damn, that was cool looking. I just mm. kept saying that during this film. I was like, fuck, that was cool looking. And that's what I want. I did kind of feel us like, to always kind of think about is like, how can we make this look real cool with by, by moving sure. this camera? How sure. can we move this camera to make or this shit mounting just look it crazy? on the front of this thing and letting it go? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I have to admit that one thing, two things. One, I thought, well, I'm surprised she didn't drive so far and then slow down and let her get in the car because I mean, she can. I mean, see, come on, she can see it, so she knows where it's at. But then I took it as she's so goddamn freaked out. I mean. If you go back to that shed scene, I mean, that was a pretty traumatic. It's kicking through a door. There's kids crawling through. I mean, it changes into somebody else. And she's just like, I can get the fuck out of here. And it's after me. So I'm not literally leaving my friends behind because it kind of doesn't care about them. It only cares about me. So when when she goes into the, I did find myself when that car pulled out in front of her, I did go, oh. I forgot about it. And then she goes into the cornfield. I like that she just keeps ending up in the hospital. It's like a poor girl. It's like every time she turns around, it's like, I'm back in the hospital again. Yeah. The hospital's like, ah, crazy girl that's got the thing chasing her's back. Uh, so, yeah, that was probably the best I like that you scene wrote. Jay wakes up in hospital, bangs Greg. Bangs Greg. <laughs> yep. It's funny because they do kind of a weird cut, I think. And I'm not saying this to be insensitive, but I was like, is this sex scene really happening? Mm-hmm. I felt a little bit like, oh, is this a dream sequence? And I'm like, oh, no, they're, did I miss the, did they say they were going to get it on? Or did I, was I staring at my phone? Weird, or right? It just seemed like suddenly they were like in the middle of the hotel room, or excuse me, hospital room, getting it on. And I was like, oh, this is actually happening. Okay. Right after they panned by a bunch of other hospital rooms with like yeah, families and, and then somebody all was that sort of out, stuff. Oh, yeah. So it was weird. Yeah. Suddenly when they're doing, I'm like, is she asleep? Is this a dream? And I was like, oh, no, they're full on like making love. It wasn't, you know, because the way oh they do God. it, it almost looks like with his scene, it's, it's like, let's make love right now. To me, you almost want to write it that it's like, let me just, well, as a teenager. We just like have to that. do this. Yeah, it's like. It's very just, like medical. Sorry, I'm just going to, let me just stick this in here real quick, you know, because that's probably <laughs> all it takes. I mean, I mean, if you're going to get, I would assume if you are in, I'll be sensitive, insert it one time. That's it. It's passed on. You know what I mean? But to yeah. me, it's like she's in a well, hospital, freaked out, hurt, and all this thing. And it's like, let's take time to make love to each other 
in a hospital. <laughs> that reminds me of what you said. That reminds me of, uh, uh, oh, fuck, Pineapple Express. When Seth Rogen is on the phone with his girlfriend. Uh, he's on the phone with Amber Heard. And he's like, he says something about having sex. I only had sex two and a half times before you or something like that. And she goes, two and a half times? How does that even, what do you? What does that even mean? And he goes, I don't know. I just remember that it didn't count as a whole one. Like maybe I just <laughs> stuck it in just a little bit. Like, I don't know. I just remember it doesn't count. And I, just, I fucking lose it every time he says that. Because he's like, I don't know what it means. I just know that it. I at the time I was like, this isn't a full bone. Well, and that's so, what I'm what saying. What constitutes a full bone? bone you almost feel like Hughes should say and you have to full bone <laughs> you have to full-on bone you can't just Completion. insert it once it has to be full bone to well yeah i don't really want to get into that uh, yeah that's a weird like does he have to <laughs> yeah he has to get a, i don't know but all i'm saying is that scene i remember going they seem to be real chill right now welcome to love line. would be like okay i'll do this i'm gonna pass it on to you i'm terrified obviously i'm ter- i'm traumatized by which yeah. act at your beach house and if i remember right you didn't believe any of it <laughs> so now well i guess he kind of doesn't because he's kind of like well i'll just take this thing and he, you know because we already talked about it later he's like well i haven't seen anybody yeah. i mean he's i haven't seen like, anything like whatever. it's been like three days or something like that which does kind of make that's probably one of the only times that you kind of go is greg how cool is greg because part of you feels like greg's like i don't know just bang her if that makes her happy Maybe that'll shut her up. You know, it gets a little bit like she'll think this thing She's fine is over, now, right? Uh-huh, but yeah. I can still just bang her. I'll bang her in the hospital. It's like, all right. God, imagine. Where you feel like Ugh, Paul is generally saying, all right, you know, one, I want to be with you, obviously, but I'm doing this for a reason, too. I don't know. Maybe not. I kind of feel like everybody's just like, there's a real good reason for me to, well, yeah. honey, if I was just to bang you. I mean, I mean, I mean if I were to have sexual intercourse then i could take the burden meanwhile everybody gets to have sex with jay yeah yeah i don't know man she's just she's such an object throughout the whole thing yeah it is kind of sad by the time end of this thing it's like poor jay jesus christ i mean poor jay from day one but as it goes farther in it's like you said object is a perfect word you're like god dang well everybody quit fucking jay <laughs> well can you imagine if the events had traumatized her this is an awful thought to have i'm going to preface that uh can you imagine if she if the events that happened uh you know similar to like i don't know being raped or something uh, can traumatize you so much you're not going to want to like have sex right well, away that's exactly what i mean stuff. like and everybody's like let's do this again let's do it's, this again and she's yeah. like this is the last fucking thing i want to do maybe ever oh my god that's why i imagine think going if- back to that scene that's a perfect reason why i'm like they made it so intimate and love making. Yeah. And I was kind of yeah. like, I just feel like she'd be like, just get it over with. Because mm-hmm. I'm trying to just solve this totally fucked up problem. That would have been more believable to me. That's what I think bothered me is that it was, that's why I went, is this real? And I was like, oh, no, that happened. Yeah. I think if you, it could have been, and it would make Greg seem like much more of a scumbag. But um, if you had him essentially trying to sleep with her, unknowingly oh like, sure 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 ugh, like i'm doing you a favor shush, 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 shush. It's like, ugh, well gross. and i think that you know other than like i said how the scene went down i think it's written pretty well i think he gives a shit i don't think it's that he does i do i do think and he does. she does it's consensual but at the same time as a teenage dude i think he's like oh, fuck. let's just i'll get it on yeah good mm-hmm. 
not going to affect me, but she's going to be happy because he says kind of like, I kind of, I think he alludes that he thought, well, good. I thought she'll, she'll be better mm-hmm. that I'm carrying this burden now, even though I think deep down, he's like, that's not really a burden, but if it makes her happier. I'll do it again. Consensual, but okay. Moving on. This was the, the next scene was her just hanging in the pool and I just thought it was really gorgeous. And that was, I really just wanted to mention the, uh, the really cool shot of the underwater reflection of mm-hmm. like her whole body without her head. And then the double reflection of it on top. I just thought it was a really cool scene. Um, once again, I'm pretty sure those boys are peeping on her in the pool. Uh, yeah. There's probably a bigger message, but at the same time, it's kind of nice to just have stupid. Mm-hmm pervy little kids kids. i see you i mean it's innocent to her it's like because all they're doing is even when the kid crawls up to the house and looks in it's just like kid go get get the fuck out of here you little piece of shit you know it's just like little creatures you know in every scene oh yeah (laughs) anyway moving on greg comes to check on jay yeah and that's where she you can tell that he's kind of like well i haven't seen anything and i thought she'd be better by now Oh, yeah. that's where Jay sees the demon in her Greg's house. Yeah, that's a freaky ass scene. Yeah, that was really wild because it was Greg, right? It was like yes. Greg and like Long John's. Yeah. And so he walks over. And he breaks uh, the, yeah. Just throws a brick through the window. And just climbs in. And it's like, that was extremely one of my favorite scenes because it's like, oh shit, this, why is Greg? Oh fuck, that's not Greg. It's a real and nightmare she just on Elm climbed, Street thing yeah, too. She just climbs uh, right on in there too. He's a real Johnny which, Depp looking dude. Uh, yeah, exactly. And lives right across the street. Guys, like this movie has everything. It. Yeah, right? Now who's following who? You son of a bitch. Jay sleeps on her car. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. So that uh, whole scene, that's when a, a mom mm-hmm. knocks on the door, which is one of the more disturbing things that it's his mother. Titty out. One titty. It's like and, uh, by the wallflowers. One it light. <laughs> one <kid> light. <laughs> oh lord! It's one tip. But out. it's just like when mom grinds on her own son. I was like, okay. That was this is we've had this discussion before, but I've written not a lot, but I've written enough little screenplays and stuff, and a couple of features that'll never get made. But I could just never bring myself to say. And even though this it is now disguised as its mother, and she grinds on her her son's dingus and vaseline comes out everywhere and he turns gray i'd be like no i'll just have her strangle her you know what i mean the yeah fact that it's his mom makes sense because it's like mom and then but when she grinds i'm like what the fuck well and it's interesting to think that okay so that adds a different wrinkle to this not a different maybe an extra wrinkle to this which is it's gonna come it's gonna come and it's gonna kill you uh it's, is it going to hump you? It's going to hump you. It's going to come and it's going to kill you. Uh, so um, what is it, it adds I mean, that... interesting idea that is this like some sort of an because I know it gets transmitted sexually in the act of coitus. But is the demon itself? Is this like some mythological sex demon that is like uh, um Kind of like how there's different gods for different things, like Dionysus or the or Ares, the god of war, or so and so, the god of this and the god of this. It's like, is this a demon that's solely because it kills him by essentially? It looks like fucking him, right? 
Or is well, it just touching him and draining the life out of him? Because well, it seems too say, sexual. I would say both. But I mean, I think that's the discussion. It's like, is the getting it on necessary? What I mean is, is everybody die that way? <laughs> you know, that's what. Right. Because, and that was my question. Well, that's why I'm confused by the opening shot. I mean, this girl's legs broken and all this thing is like, did this thing have sex with her and then do this? She wasn't rough. gray, by the way. I want to point out that girl in the beginning was not gray. Like she won. Greg girl, was. Girl's Not Gray. It's a great song by AFI. Girl's Not Gray. It's so good. It's also a Grateful Dead song. Um, really? Talk about now. Oh, God. I was going to say, if that would, is a cover of a Grateful Dead no, song, I'm going to lose my it. fucking they have mind. have a song right called Touch of Gray. Um, oh, okay. I, I didn't know. I, I just realized beard. after I made the joke that the AFI song does, does actually exist. It does. I thought you were saying it like it sounds like it would be. No, uh, that's the kind of stuff that threw me off in this film. It's like, you know, he's suddenly gray and covered in like Vaseline. Well, the girl in the open shot's not gray. Her leg's all broken weird because to me, she just got attacked and it kills her. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the point. They just get killed. So when Greg's mom, I know it's not actually his mom. I assume it's not. This movie's got me so fucked up. It's like, <laughs> well, why did it do all this? Does I guess yeah. you could say, well, it's just this thing. It does weird shit to everybody. There you like, go. That's a great it, answer. Well, it's like, what did it do to him? Why is he gray? What causes someone to be gray? He's because his name's Greg. Hey, Greg, Greg. <laughs> old Greg. Don't get me started on old Greg. Um, what is that from? Oh. Uh, uh, oh, that's from Mighty Boosh. Old Greg. Yeah. Old, old Greg. Greg. I can't. Uh, every time you say Greg, I picture our dear friend Gregor Hunt and. I miss Gregor. Shout out to Gregor. Okay, so she wakes up. Yeah, oh, she yeah. bounces. She like sleeps on the hood of her car and wakes up on the beach. Here's something I want to say about uh, being older. Or by the beach. You watch a young person like her say, yeah, you could sleep on a car when you're that age. Now I sleep in a bed and I still go, ow. My neck kind of, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? I got a pillow in a bed and I can wake up sore. She sleeps on a fucking car. And you're like, okay, I just slept all night. It's like on the roof of a car. Also, here's the thing. Can't things get at you in the night if you're laying on top of your car? Just sleep inside. It's harder oh, for the, the car. demon yeah, to yeah, get yeah, you. Because yeah, yeah. I, I think she was Greg probably died. so freaked out she just passed out, I'm assuming, is the way I took that. Yeah. I mean, I f- often crawl on top of my vehicle and just so curl up it. when I'm really, yeah, that's true. really stressed out. I'm not going to get in my soft seats or drive home i'm just gonna get running this hood and crash out i like you to leave the car had, running though because it keeps me it warm follow you Ooh, i hope not i'm just saying Jesus. Might, make you, might make you sleep on a car um uh, paul bl- comes bl- bl- to bl- check bl- on jay oh yeah so does she go fuck those guys on that boat no no well it should be done yeah, but it could still get one of them and then come after her. That's the problem with that whole thing. I would think I took I it as that. What happens? Well, yeah, I think I she don't does. know. But I, to me, it's like it's so far away. You think, oh, well, she's gonna take off the clothes and have these guys go. Hey, she's hot. Yeah, why wouldn't you? When she takes them she off, swim, a, yeah, she swims back and go. Well, good. I don't deal with this for a while. But to me. Why would you leave that to your imagination if the rest of the film is going to be okay? Let's go catch this thing. Because I, I feel like I feel like after that scene, I feel like when you see her again, she's got she's got this look on her face like I've been doing some shit that I can't handle. 
Like, because not only does she have to put herself out there, be vulnerable, sleep with someone, but she has to knowingly pass this thing on to them. That's got to be kind of taking a toll on her, you know? You think? And if you go, <laughs> and if you go, I do At this think. point in the movie, I think it's taking a toll on her. Yeah, I think it's taking and a toll so, on her. And so to me, I read that as, hey, here's a couple of dudes out on a boat partying. They'll definitely try to bang me. Uh, I'm just going to swim out there and let him invite me on. I'm going to do this thing, get the hell out of here and just be totally numb at this point to the fact. Well, I know, but what I mean is I, I feel a little bit like if that was the way they went, she'd be like, we're good. I got, you know, these, but I know what you're saying. It's like, if they get killed and, but that goes back to the prostitutes too. They also don't show if he ever passed it on. So to me, it was strange that she took her clothes off like she was going to go into the water and then they cut. I don't know. I mean, because she went out into the water. Oh, okay. She like starts well, it could have to... been that she just wanted to go for a swim. She likes swimming. True. She does. We have established that she likes swimming. So I take well, it that it didn't happen. And I at this point, it doesn't really matter because either way, they got their plan to go to the pool. And I don't, that whole scene kind of, made no sense to me because it was like well you're gonna electrocute the thing i know she's in was she supposed to be in the water as bait the whole time um yeah thinking yeah, they, she was did they think that the thing was just gonna come and jump into the water and then she'd get out and they'd go yeah. light it up and send it. but the fact that it never got in they're like fuck yeah it just okay. walked around and started hucking microwaves and irons at her which was i don't know there's something about that that bothered me i want little something goofy. Well, and like I said, because when she said, I don't want to tell you what it is. And then they go, here it is. And I go, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know who this random dude is. And that it, Nothing is worse in a film than go, okay, I must have missed something really <laughs> huge because this reveal is not a reveal. And they're like, it's, you don't know till later till you show the picture. And you're going, I didn't know in that picture who the fucking these people were because she's a younger kid in the picture who doesn't look like her. Mm-hmm. It was very confusing. Yeah, yeah, it was a little confusing. Um, we did something similar in our little film called Death Makes Sense, where uh, Emma, you know, looks at a photo at the end that kind of reveals her connection to a couple of people. But it was, my God, it was couldn't have been more blatant. I literally had them dressed the exact same way in the picture as they were. You know, I was like, let's beat people over the head. What's happening here? Yeah. So right. I'm not just over on the shelf for half a second shot and people go because i'm bad about that when somebody kind of shows that sometimes it just looks like b-roll you mm-hmm. know what i mean like, oh, yeah oh family photos but no didn't you see in that one family photo i'm like fuck i didn't want paying attention yeah it was huge that was the father and i was like oh god i didn't catch that at all well see and i didn't think that that was huge at all because it i felt like it hadn't it had already taken the form of so many other people that she knows the fact well, that she it's made her such dead a big deal is, to say i don't want to tell you and i'm going ooh, yeah like it's going to be greg i thought it'd be greg or somebody and then when it was him it was just like i don't know does anybody know who the fuck this is i mean they the kids do obviously but mm-hmm. if she said it's my dad even then would have thrown me off because i'd been like her dad i didn't know their dad was dead i just missed that yeah so no, i guess i did too thing. so the pool thing I, I will honestly remember i don't tell me how it ended i completely forget how the end of the scene was because they they shoot him in the head i know that yeah. grabs his hand he fires enough times that doesn't work by the way the whole uh, bullet under the water thing 
that look is that is that doesn't actually happen has that myth been busted well yeah because they used it in saving private ryan which is supposed to be pretty accurate and i had read somewhere they said that's one of the only things that they kind of digitally made up bullets don't make that little oh really yeah i don't think they make a little trail behind it like that i could be wrong but i remember them saying people were surprised because saving private ryan was so factually lit anyway but he does finally fire at this invisible thing and shoot it Ooh, I love how they throw that out. towel over the top of it. That was something. cool. Yes. That was awesome. That was when she did that. That was extremely cool. But I'm confused. What happened after the thing was shot? Well, that's what's so weird about it because it it's you established that you could shoot this thing in the head and it's not going down. I think they shot it twice in this scene alone, but it fell into the pool. And I th- maybe he shot it in the pool. Either way, he did if shoot I it in remember, the pool. If I remember correctly, the blood is just growing right in this pool, and she's just laying there on the side of the pool, kind of looking at it. And you think something's going to come out of the water or come through the blood or something, and nothing happens. And if I remember correctly, it just ends. The scene just ends. Yeah, that's I mean, what I mean. Yeah. That's why I was confused, and then they go to... Uh... Paul and her getting it on to pass it mm-hmm. on one more time. There's a couple times in this where I go, oh, okay, we're moving on. That's what I'm saying. That's why it was so hard to like write these because some of these scenes I was like, oh, cool. Cops are looking at, nope, we're in the next scene. So scratch that out. But nothing right. happened. Do we talk about it? Do I leave it in? Do I, do, you know, like we go through these things scene by scene. I don't know if our dear listeners uh, enjoy that, but I kind of want to talk about everything, but sometimes there's such quick jumps between scenes and like minimal things that I go, Oh, well, never mind. Scratch that out. We're on to the next thing. We're on to the next thing. And yeah, so much of this was kind of like, Oh, we're done with that. Well, and on to the next, I, I think probably nothing bothers me more when I'm watching a movie. And I, I always admit I'm not the brightest person I can, Stuff sometimes has to be really. I remember haven't seen her in freak ever, but I, my friend Pam Terry that lives in California, when she lived here, obviously we used to go to movies a lot, and <laughs> it was just known that when we get out, I'd be like, "Okay, now explain <laughs> that movie to me," and she would just rattle through everything because there was stuff where I was like, "I catch that at all." Now right. if it gets into David Lynch, kind of I can. My brain likes to go, "Oh, I like." to think that this is this and this mm-hmm. but like a movie like this there was a, yeah i know we've said this a thousand times but there's a lot of stuff i was like I, I didn't catch that or talking to you i might realize that other people are like i don't know that anybody caught that and right you go, oh because you feel like god did i miss something early on like huge that this reveal is now not a reveal mm-hmm. at all so but at the same time i think you could argue that this movie purposely is following kind of the trope of it's open to interpretation, mm-hmm. which is can be exciting, but I'm afraid that Tarantino's 100% right. It's like, I don't know. You set some rules and you're not quite falling and it's fucking my brain up, you know? Right, right, right. Exactly. And I, I think, um, man, it's still really awesome. It's still really awesome film. Uh, I think that there's, yes, I have questions and I'm fine with that. I'm okay. Well, with let's the, finish uh, this thing out real quick and then we can do questions. our final thoughts. Cause basically they just get it on. And the last scene we already talked about, which is uh, them walk. Oh, he goes to uh, drives by the prostitutes, mm-hmm. but he, again, it's important to say he drives by them and he kind of looks over and they kind of give him the stink eye. 
And I took it as he was going, nope, <laughs> go back and be with my girlfriend. And then a couple of quick, quick cuts, you see that they're being followed into film. He and, also does seem, oh, sorry. Go ahead. He also does seem pragmatic enough to know that you need to pass this thing on. So there's another part of that that makes me go, maybe he did. But I think I'll stick with with your theory that he he probably didn't do anything with the prostitutes. He's going to just pretend this thing doesn't isn't going to get him and he'll be careful and he'll go spend a lovely, lovely however many days or years with his new girlfriend finally. Which is weird because maybe they were bonded by the trauma and by his heroic actions, but she definitely, I feel like, has always seen him as a brother, a little brother, no less. I feel yeah, like. I kind of felt the same way. I, when they were at the end, I kind of thought, I don't see these two together. Why are they together? Be, is she just? Is it? Just, I think it's just, and I'm not knocking the writing, ooh. but I think it's just simple writing where it's like, oh, they finally see each other, and he, like you said, he was. Go ahead. Maybe they can both see the thing now, and so they're kind of perfect together because maybe oh, together they're stronger. Yeah, that makes sense. It would be after him, but they can both see it. Because Lord knows Greg can't see it. Oh, anymore. Mama did a mama did a number on him. Mama did a hump. Gave him the gave him the Vaseline, and he turned gray, he turned into old Greg Greg. <laughs> Rest in peace, old Greg Greg. Old Greg, Greg. Mama's Vaseline titty out. Mama got a titty out. <laughs> mama got a titty out. Here's some old Vaseline. Mama got a titty out. That's also an AFI song. Mama got a titty out. Mama got her titty out. Yes, it's on. Answer that and stay fashionable. Um. So yeah, I mean <laughs> that is that should be a fucking bluegrass song. Mama got a titty app. Okay. <laughs> See, this is where we want the ghost of the machine. Andy, can you give us Mama say, got a titty out? Ryan, can you give us? No, I can't. Mama got a titty out. <laughs> I'll tell that to Andy. He'll go, son of a bitch. Maybe I can come back for one more. <laughs> um. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, all in all, what are your thoughts? Loved it. Loved it. Okay. Confusing, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, I, you know, people are like, yeah, we get it. You're a David Lynch fan. But, you know, David Lynch, my God, I know how conflicted uh, or uh, how confusing Twin Peaks and so many movies are that, you know, hell, you and I sat at my house and watched Eraserhead. I mean, it's not like you sit there and go, oh, <laughs> I understand everything that's going on here. So I, get I, mean, it. I give this guy credit that it's like, yeah, you don't have to have answers for everything. And it allowed us to have a nice discussion. Trying yeah. to figure it out if everything yeah. was easily, easily uh, defined and uh, laid out, then we our conversation would have been a lot less. You know, it'd been pretty boring. Right. Well, that was obvious. Well, that was obvious. That was obvious. <laughs> and you're still going. Okay. Do you so, think anyone listens to us and just goes, "Yeah, that's obvious." <laughs> People yeah. just go, "Oh yeah, yeah, we yeah did. we saw the movie." Uh, same thing. <laughs> did you? Well, it's like I laugh when you said, "I don't know." It's weird. <laughs> It's like, yeah. Or you said, yeah, I, no at shit. one point you go, I don't know. She'd probably be pretty traumatized at this point. I'm like, you think? <laughs> yeah, I think she was pretty traumatized. Just from the sexing. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I don't know. There's things I love about it. 
uh, and I own it now because I just went ahead and bought it because it didn't cost much more to buy it than it did to rent it. And so I'm anxious to go back and rewatch it again here uh, after a little go, while. Damn it. I should have looked to see how much it was to buy it. It's like $4 to rent and $9 to buy or something like that. Or $10 no. to buy. And I said, well, yeah, anyway. okay, I'll buy that. Right. Uh, uh, so, um, but I think the music hits me in a really special place in my heart. The cinematography is goddamn gorgeous and they took something that i love so much which is slasher films and shook it up and made something new and interesting out of it and uh and incorporated a lot of other elements to make it this this kind of thing you can't quite define as a film um i think it's i think it's awesome it's confusing at times and may not hold true to all the rules that it sets up but whatever man I'll look past that when I see one of those cool ass wide well, shots. I think they do the most important thing in the world, which is it's a good time. It's a it's good a, view. I mean, you uh, sit there and you go. Sorry. You're like, it is a good time. It's fun for the whole family. Bring the kids. <laughs> well, they're going to have it, a blast. It dawned to me after I said it. I was like, maybe that's not the right term. It's good viewing. <laughs> oh, it's it, great. It's, yeah, I mean, it's cool. it, it takes you to a place. And yeah, like you said, it's cinematography and the suburbs and everything you just kind of you get that Ooh, i'm watching a movie Ooh, it's a movie i'm watching a movie but yeah because, it's, uh, and movies. it's it's it does something that's not easy to do anymore it's it has a, a bit of a at times a unique voice yeah There's so many horror films it's kind of like ah yeah it was fun it reminded me of you know everything's just a remake of just a remake just a remake mm-hmm. and you could tell he was trying to switch it up a little bit yeah. And the acting is phenomenal. Yes, 100%. Kudos, uh, I don't have her name in front of me. You have it. Micah Monroe, yeah, the lead. Was, yeah, she was insane. Yeah. She was great. Yeah, she's awesome. And like I said, she's in The Guest, which makes me love her even more because I fucking love that film. I stumbled onto The Guest years ago. I don't know if it was on Amazon or what. Knew nothing of it and watched it. And you're just kind of going, "Why? who made that? What else did he make? Oh, um, the oh God, who did do the guest? Uh, I, I don't know. They keep made talking. something else huge, and I just remember going, "God, this is a crazy ass film. It's crazy fucking film." Not, I want to say it's Nicholas Winding Refn, but it isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Oh, it's Adam Wingard. Holy shit! What did you he know? Do? What else Adam Wingard directed? What's that? You're next. That's what it was. I knew we just it was talked something about that, that. Yeah, that's hilarious. And Good. he did that remake of Blair Witch or something. But uh, but it's also written by um, Simon Barrett, who is really cool too. I like Simon Barrett a lot. He's written a bunch of great stuff, and he's real cool. Well, any final thoughts? I guess we yeah. just do final thoughts. Yeah, final thoughts. I think it's awesome. Um, I, I think that's all. I think that's all I got. I'll finish with some business. You got anything else you want to add? No, go ahead. I think we've done it. Cool. Yeah, we we did it, Wade. Um, we did it. We did it. Uh, as always, thank you all so much for listening to Black Ooze Presents. Uh, if you love the show, rate us on your podcast platform where you can. Favorite us, subscribe, share us with your friends, all that sort of stuff. We would really appreciate it. And uh, I think your friends will really appreciate it, too. I think they're going to love it. I'm going to interrupt and say, because I say this every time, share, 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 please. You know, you don't have to. I mean, we're not forcing you to. <laughs> I, I don't but the more you can go on anything, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and say, hey, you guys might like this podcast. Or if you're in a group somewhere, horror or something, 
Yeah, it helps. Yeah, let it them know we exist. Because I talk to people all the time and they're kind of like, oh, I should tell some people. So yeah, you should. That's how this works. <laughs> That's how social media works. Share, share, yeah. share. I, I get it. I'm, I don't, I'm bad at it. I don't do it. Um, well, I'm amazed how many me. times I'll just, I started doing it because people would, I think I've said this before, people would write me on Facebook and say, oh, I really appreciate every time you talk about a new movie. We seem to have, I mean, people I don't know, similar tastes. So, we, you know, it means a lot. So I've taken that seriously. So it's like, if I really fall in love with something, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll post this on Facebook or something and say, hey, you might look at this. And I get people who write me, you know, a week or two later, hey, we finally got around to that. You're right. It was amazing. And mm-hmm. I always think, and again, I know we've talked about this, but as an artist, you're like, this is how it works. This is what artists need or people who are passionate about something to say, hey, people, this exists. Instead of yeah, going, oh, I'm so sure hard. they'll just find their audience. It's like, no, that's how right. you find your audience. You got to share this stuff. It's just so hard too. I think with all the, just there's so much noise out there. So it's like sifting through all of these things because someone could share something really genuine about how much they love Black Goose Presents and then turn right around and share some TikTok video of God knows what. So um, get it out there if you'd like. People, we would appreciate it. You can also let us know how you feel about this film and the other films and what we're doing here at Black Ooze Presents. You can shoot us an email at blackooze.presents at at gmail.com. And you can send us a voicemail at 316-202-8786. We'd love to hear from you. 316-202-8786. Yeah, call. Tell us we suck. I don't care. Yeah. You tell know, us what you not? like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us what we fucked up. Do it. Please. I want Please. you to. Um, thanks for being here, Wade. This was fun. Thank you, Ryan. We're Black Goose Presents Wichita, Kansas. We're our brute film. You guys have a good time. Stay warm. Stay safe. We love you. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Oh, my God. Bye. <laughs> oh, my God. Bye. Bye. Bye.